Welcome to Conservative Patriot Nation, new members and returning members. Today we have two special guests, and today is a very special night. We will be discussing the January 6th prisoners and things that we can do to take our freedoms back and several other things that Randy Ireland from the Gateway Pundit and Trinace would like to talk about on how we can get involved in our communities as well. Um, with the truckers' convoy and other um, state capitals protests that we can do. Um, so I would like to introduce Trinice. He is a January 6th patriot that was arrested. He's out on bail, and he's here with us. God is good. And we have Randy Ireland from the Gateway Pundit. And right now, guys, I'm going to give you the floor, and the show is yours. Hey, uh, I'd like to correct you there. It's Trennis, but that's all right. I, I've been called a lot worse by the media and liberals, so I, I wear it all as a bad honor. I'm all right with it. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess I guess speaking about being called worse, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, we've all heard the term insurrection, sedition, all these terms, and I think Randy and I, uh, and probably most of your viewers have, they have a clue of what's going on in the world or totally aware that, you know, January 6th was far from an insurrection it was far from sedition. It was far from any of those things. There were certainly some things there that, uh, you know, some bioptics, there were some, certainly some people that did some things that probably regret that day. Um, I don't know. I can't speak for any other individuals, but like, uh, as Randy knows, we've talked about a lot that, you know, the idea that people were there for that, it was a peaceful protest that, um, you know, it seems to me after I learned a lot about January 6th, even though I was there and inside the building, um, what I saw, I never witnessed any violence. I never witnessed anybody uh, even being disrespectful to the police. So it's very strange that you see all of what you've seen here, uh, the narrative. And, you know, if you can take kind of a small area and you project only that area and say, this is what the whole thing was, uh, that's where the big lie is coming from. I think that uh, what Randy way in there on that but you know you know quite a bit about it too you've been uh we've been doing this a long time now yeah absolutely yep um no i mean you know by 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 way of introduction i'm co-founder of an organization called cap citizens against political persecution um i co-founded that with kara castanova kara castanova is actually the person most closely associated with the Gateway Pundit. I've got, I've been able to sneak an article or two in, but a lot of the work that we've done, you know, we started CAP back last April. And how that came to be was Kara and I had been working, um, involved in a lot of acti activist um, activity here in New York City. She was there on January 6th. I was not. Um but ultimately, you know, I had a lot of friends that were to this very day. I have a lot of friends that are indefinitely detained. Um, and there was an article that was sent to Kara early on by her brother. And it was a Gateway Pundit article. And the headline said, what do the uh, Patriots of January 6th have in common with uh, the detainees in Guant Guantanamo Bay or the prisoners in Guantanamo Bay? And that article went on to, to showcase, and it was really the first one of its kind, of how, 
U.S. citizens are being were being arrested and, and hunted down all around the country and indefinitely detained, subject to 23-hour-a-day lockdown. Um, and, and ultimately, all of this was going on in direct violation of their constitutional rights. Um, they were denied, and, and, and they still are in a lar- large way, um, denied due process. Um, just the, the manner and method in which the FBI um, and law enforcement went to their homes to arrest them in the middle of the night, you know, guns drawn, tanks, armored vehicles, flashbangs, you name it. I mean, so much of this, you know, prior to January 6th was unthinkable in terms of happening to U.S. citizens. And ultimately, you know, it's very obvious to anybody who, who looks at it objectively. This is only been only applying now to one side of the political spectrum. I mean, you had you had so many riots and and all of that that you know really spread across this country like wildfire over the last two two years prior to this. And you know, none of them, you know, they were arrested immediately, let out on bail. Um, in, in the majority of cases, especially in the bigger cities, I can speak here in New York City, you know, anybody arrested for riot, looting, you name it, pretty much all, I would say 99% of all of those charged throughout all of those things, the charges were dismissed by the DA. And then you come to January yeah, they, 6th. They get, 10%, they get 10% plea deals on, like, if you go back to 2017, or the J, J20 people, that, that was an actual insurrection, the one that they were throwing... Uh, what was it, Randy? Molotov cocktails and so forth at the police, and actually went there with the intent to uh, stop the inauguration. That they had ten percent of those people; the other ninety percent of the charges were dropped. Right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's probably the closest parallel. You know, you go back to when President Trump was inaugurated. I mean, there was so much violence in the street. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely. They went there and they they came with that intention. They came down the street throwing Molotov cocktails, burning things. You know that was the idea. They came, you know, they came for that. Right. Where the stark reality difference, like you're talking about, is you know out on the Capitol grounds, people had assembled for a peaceful protest, and the police started launching uh, tear gas grenades. They violated protocols for that. By the way, one of the important things to remember is uh, Randy Price speak to that too, but. Uh, when you start yeah. declaring an area a riot area first and notify the first people to leave the grounds, that never happened when they started launching tear gas and uh, pepper spray balls and so forth into the crowd and uh, started using riot control measures. They never notified the people that it was to disperse. And that's in direct violation of how those things are. So um, one of the things, you know, noteworthy piece there is Derek Chauvin lost all his rights as a police officer, essentially, and became a murderer and was tried for murder because he violated his training and didn't follow course there. So he lost that immunity um, as a police officer. So it's interesting how the Capitol Police have been able to maintain their total immunity in this while uh, the same scenario applies. They they violated their training. They went outside the training and did things and then uh, committed acts of violence and didn't, you know, worked without outside of those measures. And now here's the answer that the totally duplicitous system uh, has us where we are today, and we're all gonna. Essentially, their goal is to hang everybody for January sixth. Yeah, absolutely. All very good points, and um, you know, 
we when we first started CAP, um, there was virtually no one on the right or the left side of media that was, you know, covering all of this in a real way or a regular way. And one of the things, you know, we had two major rallies here in New York City, um, one in June, one in July. And um, one of the, uh, the first rally that we had in June, a uh, representative from the Epoch Times was there. And we actually gave like a two or three hour interview or spoke with them for two or three hours afterwards. And from that day on, they pretty much have been covering it nonstop. And one of the things, you know, um, we have a lot of great partners in what we've been doing. You know, InfoWars, um, Kara has been on InfoWars, even hosted um, an episode or two um, on, on, on the InfoWars platform. Pete Santelli has been a huge advocate for a lot of this um, to the point now where Newsmax is covering it almost on a daily basis. Um, you have OA, OAN also doing it. And there's so many different podcasts. Um, even Tucker Carlson on, on Fox has been huge. Uh, Mark Levin. But ultimately, you know, coming at it from, from over a year removed from January 6th. Um, the one thing that I want to kind of give some element is the stats to everything. Um, we are quickly approaching about 800 arrests um, that have occurred in that span. Um, out of the 800 arrests, there are uh, approximately 80 individuals indefinitely detained. 43 of them right now currently reside in the Washington, D.C. jail. The others are spread around between 10 to 12 different other facilities as near as we can tell. The problem is, is nobody has exact numbers. Um, we're we're, we're going to be launching an initiative to really get to the point where we know, you know, as, as much as is as is possible exactly how many are indefinitely detained how many are charged and what the status of the different charges are um the problem is is there's a doj case lookup site i actually get updates um sent to me every time that they change on a nightly basis um but the thing is it's like there are um people that have been arrested are indefinitely detained that i know aren't even in that list so you know, it's, it's, it's a sort shell of, game. You know, a little bit of a shell game going on with these guys. So, exactly. Yeah, we, we actually have a member on here right now. Her and her husband are getting um, charges on on her and her husband as well. What are they? Are they getting the felony charge? How, are they being charged now? Recently? Uh, give me one second. Um, I'm going to unmute her. C Price, I let you uh, speak. When when did you get arrested? Price? See Price? I believe that's Cynthia, and I, I believe we've spoken with her before. Her and her husband. I- uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they shouldn't have picked up the 1512 charge. They've, done, they've stopped charging with the 1512 for the most part, at least what we can see from the listserv. Have you, did you guys pick up that fifteen twelve charge, or did you just get the misdemeanors, or did you have to get the felony obstruction? Uh, it wasn't a felony. You picked up the misdemeanors, right? It's all misdemeanors. Yeah, they. So as of late, you'll notice the people arrested lately, and it's not just because 
that the crimes were less. I mean, take for me, for example, I just walked around and, um, but I want to get to what Cynthia said it has to say or C price has to say or sorry, but, uh, uh, the situation is, is that, uh, they stopped according to my attorney and he has 25 of these cases of recently changed counsel. My understanding is, is that they've done away really with going after the fifth, what's called the 1512 or the felony charge obstruction of Congress, that they're no longer charging people with that. Like they were in the beginning, they were handing that out like candy, uh, in the beginning. I don't, we're not really sure. We've never really figured out why I got the 1512, but I did. So probably a megaphone. <laughs> You know, uh, many of us Patriots have seen a lot of video footage um, many months ago with people <laughs> start putting on Trump supporting clothes and being escorted in by Capitol Police. And if you're going to charge regular citizens, I think you need to held those accountable that opened up the door and told people, come on in and shook hands. I mean... That's crazy. Um, I have video of me shaking hands with Capitol Police standing in Statuary Hall. And what was, you know, that led to my change of counsel, Mike, is that um, my attorney didn't want to show that. And I was like, wait a minute, let's get this straight. If I would have, if I would have laid a hand on a police officer, they, you can rest assured the DOJ would be feeling that, right? I mean, there's no question. So why is it that an attorney wouldn't want to show video of you shaking hands with the Capitol Police and them thanking you for trying to keep people calm. And there's other people, I don't want to say their names, I don't know how that may involved with their case, but we, you know, Randy, one of them, you were going to go visit when we were on a trip not too long ago together in another state. And uh, that uh, that person has a similar video and their attorney didn't want to play it either. And they've since switched counsel over the same situation. This seems to be I don't know. I don't want to say how this thing works out or why it works out to be how it is. I'm very confused as why you wouldn't want to show these videos. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if if I if I open up my house door and I shake your hand, I go, oh, come on in, Patriot Prophet, and then call the cops and say that you were trespassing. I mean, come on now, and it's all on the ring fucking doorbell. I mean, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Well, yeah, there's. There's so there's so many things to realize about that day, and I, I just kind of want to give a broad overview. Um, you know, I've been very, very much involved and had a lot of conversations with a lot of the people that have been arrested, especially those that are indefinitely detained. And one of the things that I can say is, and this comes from um, a retired law enforcement officer that was there on the grounds that day, um, and even Trinis can speak to this. Um, it was really that day was really a, a war, you know, a tale of two sides. If you were on the West Terrace, there was oh, a little different. Yeah. If you were not on the West Terrace and you was on the opposite side, you didn't see hardly any violence whatsoever. No, um, I had no idea. Totally different environment. And the thing is, one of the things, and and, and um, this law enforcement officer that was there on the ground. He's a retired law enforcement officer, and he worked for 15 years in counterterrorism, had counterterrorism training and all of that. And one of the things he said that that was one of the most remarkable days of his life. Um, 
from the time that he went there, they went to go watch, you know, watch the speeches. They stayed until Trump completed his his speech, and then they left. And when they left, they were actually they actually had a hotel in Virginia and had wanted to go back to the hotel. They had no interest in going to the Capitol. But one of the things was as they were leaving, the way that they left and, and where they left, the way they exited the office at. It was like all the streets and everything had were closed. Um, they had used sanitation trucks and all of that, and it almost did, it was almost like they herded people directly to the Capitol. And he, I remember and the he, police walking wow. in the streets. Right. Why would you not stop that when the situation's going awry somewhere? If something's going away, it shouldn't be going. Why didn't they stop it? Why didn't they start redirecting traffic? Why did you keep filtering people toward it? Exactly. Exactly. And the way. The way that he described it was that there was law enforcement through at different places throughout. There was a lot of food trucks, and and uh, even the groups that he was he, he and his wife was with and around, they would actually high five the cops, you know, you know, talk about you we back the blue and all of that. And to Trinessa's point, not a single one of those law enforcement officers ever said, "Hey, you might not want to go to the Capitol." in spite of the fact that the Capitol had initially been breached 20 minutes prior to the end of Trump's speech. So, I mean, these are things to keep in mind. And and one of his testimony was, he goes, Randy, the moment I stepped foot on Capitol grounds, I could tell immediately there was something wrong. And he went into detail in terms of seeing instigators, people that didn't belong. You could just tell by the way they moved, the way they reacted. He gave gave me an example of, you know, a female and a guy interacting with law enforcement where where the guy was being very um, loud and boisterous and angry and yelling and the girl was kind of holding him back and he said 15 minutes later at a different entrance he saw the same two individuals but they had flipped roles where the female was being belligerent and yelling and and the male was trying to calm her down and pretend like he was in between calming things down so i mean there's subtle things like that and what people really need to realize is what happened that day was absolutely a false flag event perpetrated by our government and weaponized American citizens against the American people. That's really the best way to, to describe it. 100%. I mean, uh, we have a conservative radio um, talk host here in Wisconsin. And she was talking months ago. I'm talking about months before January 6th. And if this was coming on her radio station on how January 6th was going to be infiltrated. And that's when it sparked something in my brain. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. And she said it was the sunrise movement or whatever. So I remember I right away I was on. That's when I was on fake book and I'm looking it up. And then I come across this video. And there's government officials and many activist groups that are planning that they were planning on infiltrating January 6th. And they said, we're going to do it no matter who is president. This is a video. And I'm glad I saved it. Um, yeah. It was infiltrated, hands down. Well, if you think about it like this, like think about it. So I, I left the speech. Uh, just as the president finished, I went back to the Freedom Plaza Hotel where I was staying and got water bottles and granola bars and beef jerky and 
so forth to, you know, because I've been giving stuff away after five hours. People were largely unprepared. You would expect there'd be vendor booths and things of that nature. You can get food, water, drinks. None of those things existed. There was no bathrooms, no nothing. I mean, people were kind of out in the street with nowhere to go. So the, uh, and you're talking about what the crowdsource app we ran there showed 1.5 to 1.7 million people in view of my camera from my vantage point. So I thought that was an interesting scenario. And I had a, about a five foot vantage point of, up above the crowd. So anyway, that being said, going from the cap, going back there, getting that stuff, and then going down to the Capitol, by the time I got there, there was no outer barricade. People were all over. Uh, people were on the, you could see people on the bleachers. You could see people around the balcony. You see a lot of people all over the place. I went right up, uh, got up on the balcony, stood on the outside for a while. The police came out and formed a line on the west, on the balcony there. And uh, as they formed their line, people backed up. They were being respectful. I have video from out there. I've actually posted a lot of it to my uh, to the site, condemnedusa.com. And uh, you can see a lot of those videos there. I've started to post some of that. My other attorney didn't want me to post anything. And I, thankfully, this new attorney's like, great, go on, get, you know, post it all. Lay it out there. Put it out there for people to see. People need to see the truth. Um Anyway, so I went all the way up. I stood outside, and I was on a megaphone for about 40 minutes outside saying, this is a peaceful protest. Do not harm the police. Do not damage the building. Do, you know, this kind of stuff over and over at nauseam. I led the national anthem, led the Pledge of Allegiance. I will say one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen is I stood over the balcony with a megaphone and led the national anthem. And to watch the hats come off. For as far back as the eye could see, and people joined in the national anthem was cool. And I will say that it's my singing of the national anthem is a travesty. Me saying I don't even sound good in the shower, um, but that's another story. The reality of that situation is, as we stood there outside on that balcony, we watched. And you know, if you ever stood outside of school and pick up your kids, and you're sat in the car and you watch all you can see through the windows when the classes change, and all the kids start going back and forth through the halls. That's what it looked like. There was people going back and forth through the halls. There was a mass number of people. The police were just inside the door, shaking hands with people, uh, taking selfies, fist bumping. I watched little old ladies reach past sidearms and give people hugs, and the police were giving them hugs back. I just, it was not what was said to have been, and that is so sad. So many people made that decision to enter that building, um, for instance, there was a rampway there, a hand, uh, the, uh, I think they call it a handicapable ramp now, but a handicap ramp is what we all knew growing up, I guess. And then down that long ramp, uh, wheelchair accessible or whatever it is, uh, people, there was a crowd of people and it was kind of like they were trying to go both ways. Some were coming out, some were going in. There was no fighting. There was no violence. It was just a massive crowd trying to go two different directions. Well, those people that were going in, I was like, man, I wanted to see what was inside before I made my decision to go in. And once you got on that ramp, you were kind of going one way or the other. You were kind of stuck in it. And uh, I made the decision. I went up by the window there and looked inside. And I was like, well, hell, everybody's walking in. It's great. Nobody's doing anything. The police are standing here. It was kind of like showing up at the aftermath of something. You knew something was off, but it was not, you know, I was, people were like, well, there's so many police. What were you thinking? I'm like, man, have you ever been to DC? I've been there uh, multiple times now for uh, events and rallies. 
And if you see what happens when the police are trying to herd people and there's Antifa and BLM and these things are going on and you got Patriots and Proud Boys and stuff on one side, the police set up their lines and they're separating people and they're kind of giving guidance. You can walk along the line. I wouldn't dare try and go through one of those lines. Uh, wouldn't be a bad idea. You know, you'd be obviously violating the law. They're setting up a perimeter. So there was no perimeter there. It was like free passage. So I made the decision to go inside. And once I realized it was safe, I, you know, I indicated to other people it was safe. They could come in because um, they had the same question I did after standing out there all that time. Like what, what's wrong? You know, can you go in? Can you not go in? And people were coming out saying, yeah, it's fine. The cops are letting you in. You're like, Oh, okay. Well, we're protesting inside too. Yay. And it's not, I always say careful with the word protest because it's a demonstration. There was a demonstration to show support for the elected officials that you believed in and you and you saw it their way, like, hey, they're doing something for us, and you want to stand up and support them, and just as much as there is a protest, you know, it's kind of being a ball game. Anyway, after entering, I'm standing inside, and I take a walk down the hallway, lead national anthem again, walking into down to Statuary Hall. Um, like I said, I posted that video on condemnedusa.com. It's there for the world to see now, so um, feel free to grab it, share it. I don't care at this point. I mean, great. I think the more people that see it, the better. So there's just so many truths that are coming out and you're seeing more of this. And I think more people are going to start doing this. I don't know what the mentality or the reasoning was of an attorney that told you to be quiet, not share, um, try and make yourself small. I mean, you're charging me with a felony and a handful of misdemeanors. I think, you know, uh, and that are ridiculous. I think we should get out there and share it. And that's kind of two different legal strategies, I suppose. So I'm not going to dog the other attorney. I think she's a very capable attorney. Just it wasn't the right, uh, the right counsel for me to finish, you know, move through the end of this, uh, or what I hope to be the end of this and someday. But there's that truth, you know, that so many people, I feel so bad for them because I know what they're going through. And I always ask people, you know, does anyone care about you know what this government's done? Not it's not. I mean, I, I'm a family. I'm not just me. I have you know two sons and a wife. And the FBI comes to your house and raids your home first thing in the morning. Um, there's another video that uh, is not posted there, but will be eventually. That uh, they stood on my uh, on my front porch and I was like, I don't understand why you're doing this. The guy with the megaphone, you came here, we talked to you, we were supposed to have a meeting. What happened? And one of the officers from the Joint Domestic Terrorism Task Force, the 20 some odd officers that were present in their full tactical gear at my home that day, uh, raiding my home, said, we're here because one of your guys beat one of our guys to death with a fire extinguisher. This was on March the 4th. They, he was referencing Brian Sicknick. And I feel horrible for any law enforcement officer that uh, certainly or anyone that was harmed on January 6th. I don't want to be a part of something that gets people hurt. But I certainly have a right to protest, to stand up, to demonstrate support. And as long as you're peacefully assembling, in my mind, and what I did on that day was peaceful assembly. So kind of digress. But the, the idea that this guy says to you, oh, we're here because one of your guys beat one of our guys to death with a fire extinguisher on March the 4th. That whole thing, I mean, in late January, there was a lot of questions circulating. There was a lot of information and we now know that Brian Sicknick was never even hit with a fire extinguisher. Um, but on March the 4th, his family had come out and debunked all that. That had all gone away. That was all a lie. I think, uh, you know, Gary McBride's been a great resource to both Randy and I, a friend that, uh, uh, that shared a lot, knows a lot about this. Another good resource for us. But, Randy, tell them about what, what you know about some of these cases and how some of what they went through. 
what these individuals went through when they came to their homes and kind of the things that were said to them or done. You know, Randy's had a lot of firsthand conversation. I talked to around 100 January 6th defendants in total now um, throughout this process, but all the people I talked to are released at this point. I've sat in and listened to a couple of these other calls, but, uh, you know, Randy talks directly to a lot of people that are definitely detained and, I think he can share with you some of those stories that I think would be interesting to hear because it's sick. What's happening um, in this totally duplicitous system? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, oh, there's so much that I could say. I could be here for 12 hours, I'm sure. Um, one of the things I will say is um, there's one, one individual in particular that we've worked very, very closely with. Um, her name is Felicia Canole. Just to kind of give everyone an idea um, on January the 6th, actually, let me back up a year. Um, a year before January 6th, she was involved in a car accident. Um, in that car accident, she went through the windshield, and the doctors actually did not believe that she would make it. Um, not only did she make it, but she recovered. And a year later, to celebrate her surviving it, her and her younger brother decided to go on a road trip, which they hadn't been out of their home state. So it was something that they had really wanted to do. While on that road trip, that's when they heard that President Trump was going to have a rally there in D.C. on the 6th. So they decided to to go and attend that. They arrived there um, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning on the 6th. And prior to then, they didn't know anybody, hadn't been in touch with anybody or anything like that. Um, but when they got there, they connected with... Um, some other people got to talk with them, made some friends, and decided to hang out with them throughout that day. Come to find out, a couple of those individuals were not only um, Oath Keepers and or Proud Boys, but ultimately, you know, because, because of everything that occurred, ultimately her and her younger brother were both arrested. They were charged um, with conspiracy. And uh, Felicia, at the time, was a 26-year-old single mom of a 10-year-old. And I don't think she knew it at the time, but she was actually pregnant. She had been trying to get pregnant. Um, and so she had spent, she, she pretty much has spent her entire time. Now, she was, to hear her story, she was actually, in the middle of the night, they came in. Um, she asked for a warrant, a copy, of whatever, wanted to know what this was all about. It was two or three days later before they actually gave her the search warrant or the arrest warrant. She didn't even have for, for two to three days, she was being held in custody, actually at kind of a black site um, by, by the federal agents um, and without even knowing w what it was all about. Um Welcome to Law and Order. Exactly. And ultimately, she was released on an ankle bracelet, home confinement. She lost, she lost her job, unable to go out and do anything to support her family. Um, because she was previously um, uh, rather pro prolific on social media, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. She was deplatformed from everything. To the point where she was deplatformed from PayPal and couldn't even set up her own gifts and go to help out with her situation. Um, 
I've worked very closely with her because through CAP, we were able to set her up with a give, send, go. Um, and that's basically how she's been able to survive for the most part is through the donations and the help of patriots from around the, around the country. So, I mean, I just kind of want to give you an idea. Um, she, she initially had a lawyer and that lawyer, um, in hindsight, was certainly not the best. He was he. His name is Albert Watkins. He was also the lawyer for Jacob Chansley. Um, if any of you are familiar with his story, he's the um, failure. He's he's the shaman who walked into the building. He was pretty much the poster boy for January the sixth. It was plastered all through mainstream media. Ultimately, his lawyer got to a point to convince him to take a plea deal. As a result, I believe he's been sentenced to six years in prison. Um, 43 months. 43 months? Okay. Yeah. And so the point is, and this is what Tranessa has been saying, is that a lot of these people and a lot of these lawyers are almost doing the DOJ's job for them by trying to convince their clients to take these plea deals. You're not going to get anything better, this or that. And a lot of these people really, you know, feel like they they didn't do anything wrong at all. And the problem is, is you have, you know, the, the weight and the power and the resources of the federal government bearing down on you. The vast majority of these cases, um, they're being these people are being overcharged. And ultimately, that mixed with the lies and the slander that that's bantered about in mainstream media. And a perfect example of it was January 6th this past year. I mean, you know, just a month ago when a lot of these politicians came out and just carried on with these lies and slanders, things that just not even true. And one, one of the things that I would touch on is there were five individuals that actually died, not just that day, including the day after, because Brian Sicknick is a law enforcement officer. He did not die on the 6th. He actually died on the 7th. Um, but the four other individuals, everyone knows Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt was, was killed when she was shot by Michael Byrd. Um, a lot of lies and slander came out about her. Um, for those that don't know, she's an Air Force veteran of 14 years. She was military police. She was there um, outside the, the, I believe it was the Senate chamber. Senate chamber, um, yeah. And... She was actually, you know, there was three law enforcement agent uh, officers that was there in front of the doors um, when you see the videos that, that recorded everything. And she was going up to them. What are you doing? Call for backup. What are you doing? And then and then when there was another guy, there was another guy that was banging out the windows. Um, she was actually yelling at him. What are you doing? What We don't destroy property, that kind of thing. And ultimately, you know, for a long time, the she media. Even punched him. What's that? She even punched the guy busted the window. I'm about to get to that. Thank Sorry, you. Randy. Sorry. What I'm saying is, new new video has been has been released and come to to our attention over the last month or so, which actually shows that she actually hauled off and punched the guy that was breaking the windows, and more importantly. I mean, one of the things that her husband had, had noticed in that new video is it, it's like to him, it was confirmation all along that 
the reason why she was going through the window, it wasn't to get in and to do anything wrong. It was because the the crowd behind her had kind of boxed her in there, and she's very she was very always very claustrophobic. More importantly, she was military police, and she was looking around, and law enforcement wasn't doing anything, and so that's why she punched the guy, obviously, uh, for breaking the window. But then it was almost like she didn't. She wanted to get out of there, but had no way to go. And it would, the window looked to her at that moment in time like it was um, the fastest point of egress. Um, and unfortunately, Michael Byrd, I believe, killed her in direct violation of every single law enforcement uh, metric or standard operating procedure. Um, Shot an unarmed woman. Uh, unarmed woman, absolutely, yeah, right. with no weapons, no threat whatsoever, just open fire. And, you know, I've I've had the, the opportunity to become good friends with Mickey, her mom, um, and my heart goes out to her. One of the things that I would say to everybody on here, if you can, you know, there is a, a, a legal defense fund that has been started for her, um, Justice for Ashley. Um, please check that out, support it if you can. Um, the other thing I would say is there's three other individuals that died that day. One of them is Roseanne Boylan, Roseanne Boylan in that particular scenario. Um, the media reports that came out January 6th and the days following is that Trump supporters trampled her and their zeal to get into the Capitol. Absolute lie, completely 100% unfactual. Um, later, later on, it came out that she had died of a drug overdose. 100% unfactual as well. Another line. Um, we actually worked very hard. Um, Gary McBride was instrumental in a lot of what we uncovered. Um, yeah. um, you know, he's Gary McBride is a video forensics kind of a person. He, he picks up things that the average person and the average eye doesn't see. And he's phenomenal with that. And um, Kara and I and Gary worked very hard on um, everything surrounding Roseanne Boylan. Um, there was a video that was identified where she was, um, law enforcement that day had been pushing people out, out, out of the tunnel at, to such an extent that, that people were stacking up on top of each other. Um, people were crying out for help, especially for Ro Roseanne Boylan. Her friend Justin was there right beside her calling out for help screaming at the law enforcement. That was a pivotal moment because right that, then and there is when the majority of the violence occurred from the Patriots. And the Patriots were rising up, trying to fend back law enforcement in an attempt to save Roseanne Borland's life and the life of the others around her. Um, Roseanne Borland, ultimately, we don't know 100% the cause of death, but we do have on video... Um, one of the Metro PD officers, specifically Lila, um, Lila Morris, beating her four times while she was unconscious. Um, we want and we've been calling for months now. We've been calling for an investigation into that. Um, and again, that call for an investigation falls in death, you know, deaf ears. My whole thing is um, there's two other individuals, too, that I just want to hit on. One is Kevin Greeson and one is um, Benjamin Phillips. Both of those actually 
it came out that they both died of natural causes. They experienced a heart attack, um, according to um, law enforcement. The fact of the matter is, videos show that they were both in the vicinity of flashbangs when law enforcement started to unleash a 20-minute barrage at the very beginning of it all. Now, what you have, and just to give you a picture of what occurred, as people started to gather there on the west side, on, on the back side of the Capitol, you actually have instigators up in front of the line. The instigators um, were the ones that were taunting police, breaking windows, doing things along that line. And ultimately what happened was you actually see up near the front a line of instigators. Now, when the order was given for law enforcement to, to respond, you actually can see in video footage that law enforcement is, is firing tear gas, um, flashbang grenades, rubber bullets being fired, not on the front line where the instigators are, but over those instigators into a largely peaceful crowd. And this is a 20-minute barrage. And it was during that 20-minute barrage that both Kevin Greeson and Benjamin Phillips went into cardiac arrest. Um, and so, I mean, from our standpoint, I mean, um, uh, Dave Summerall from Stop Hate and Tyler Hansen have done phenomenal work and, and, and outlining a lot of this. Stop Hay has a video, um, Writing History, which shows a documentary that kind of goes through a lot of these points that we're making. Um, I would highly suggest checking it out. That that, that can be found on StopHate.com. Um, but again, you know, surrounding the events of January 6th, there's six people that, I mean, five people that we know that died. Um, one of them was Brian Sicknick. Brian Sicknick actually suffered two strokes on the 6th. And law enforcement, it was brought to law enforcement attention on multiple occasions with patriots asking the, um, his fellow officers to get him med medical help. All of those pleas fell on deaf ears. Brian Sicknick never should have died. Um, a day later, he actually he actually went into um, he had a stroke, fell unconscious on the I believe it was that night. And then ultimately succumbed from a stroke, um, I believe, the next evening. And yeah. so. It's a tragic I, death and a failure of the Capitol Police to do their duty and to listen to people that were trying to share, like Randy's saying, with the Patriots trying to bring to their attention. This man needs medical attention. And you know, they, they, they tragically failed him in that their brother in arms and uh, ultimately had led to his death. Yeah. And one of the things I do want to hit on as well, just to kind of change it up a little bit, um, the the behavior and the way that these guys are being treated, especially, you know, I speak with a lot of the individuals, both at the Washington, D.C. jail and also at the Northern Neck, Virginia facility. And the absolute racist, racism that these guys are subjected to, um, it, it, it'll turn your stomach hearing some of these guys firsthand accounts of what's going on. Um, you know, up until June or July, it was I, I believe it was the beginning of July last year, a, a lot of these guys were held in 22 to 23-hour-a-day lockdown. None of them were allowed even so much as a razor to shave, were allowed a, a barber shop, to, a barber to cut their hair. 
um, denied. They're denied a lot of hygiene, not just that, but yeah. Denied med- med- medication, denied medical treatment, um, denied religious services, denied any kind of contact with their family in terms of even video visits, in-person visits. Nobody had anything like that. And then the vast majority of these cases, they were even denied conversations with their own attorneys. Um and in a large part, a lot of that's going ongoing. Um, we had our last rally. Uh, we co-hosted the rallies at the Capitol in D.C. with Look Ahead America. And at right after that event, um, the Washington, D.C. jail, the guards there was retaliating against these prisoners and actually cut their food in half. And so one of the things that we did um, with CAP is we started a program called Food for J6ers. And so the idea is um, we're raising funds to put money on the commissary accounts and on the book accounts for each one of those indefinitely detained. And, you know, thanks, you know, we've been very blessed. Um, Our goal is to put somewhere between 100 to 200 um, on each detainee's accounts each month. we do that in partnership with the Prisoner's Record, and on, which is another Telegram group um, that I would uh, um, highly recommend that everybody join. Um, the, that's called the Prisoner's Record. Um, and also Stop Hate. Stop Hate also uh, you know, plays a big part in the um, Food for J6ers. Um, but if you go to the CAP site and or A for Justice site, you'll see on the home page we have a thing for it. It's called Food for J6ers. The idea behind it is to uh, put money on each each one's account so that they can purchase commissary to supplement what they're given, as well as possibly to buy clothes. And some of those funds also allows them to have telecom um, privileges and so they can communicate with their families. The idea behind it is, you know, by, by doing this, we take a little bit of the burden off of their shoulders and off the shoulders of the family members. Um, as they go through this. And our goal is to continue to do this and to build it up to such a way where we can indefinitely do this for as long as possible or, you know, or until these guys are free. So um, that's one way that you guys could really help out. Um, Almost all of those that are indefinitely detained, that are arrested, um, a lot of them have give, send, go um, campaigns that are set up to help on one hand, with the with the mounting debt that their families are facing, because a lot in a lot of these cases, the the bread, the sole breadwinner of the family is indefinitely detained, and so you know a lot of you know it goes beyond just the people that are arrested. It also goes you know hand in hand with their families, their children. Um, they've all become, in one shape, form, or another, actual political prisoners. Um, so. You know, having said that, I mean, I just kind of, you know, unless Ines has something else that he'd like to say, you know, I'd almost like to open it up for questions to see, you know, if people haven't have any questions that they'd like answered related to a lot of this. Yeah, I, I want to touch on one more thing. Randy, you know, you mentioned earlier uh, that one of the topics we discuss a lot is let's just paint a picture here for you that. They have taken this thing, and you talk about the duplicity of the law. You mentioned the conspiracy charge that uh, uh, 
I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank here that, uh, that Felicia is experiencing here. So let's just paint a picture. Conspiracy. Let's talk about that. So the people that went to the Kavanaugh hearings with the intention, they left their homes, they gathered in a meeting, they talked about it openly on their Facebook groups. They had planned to stop the Kavanaugh hearings. Their goal when they went to D.C. was to stop Kavanaugh from uh, being confirmed through the congressional process. They talked about it again outside. They laid out a plan of how to stop that. And when they did that, they laid out that plan. And then they, if you remember how those interruptions went, like somebody would jump up and object and he's a rapist, he's a, he's a horrible this, he's a whatever, name call. And then as soon as they would get that person removed from the obstruction of Congress, that person was taken down, processed by the Capitol Police, handed a 50 to $300 ticket, depending on the infraction, and then released. And then they would, some in some of those cases, some instances, some of those people came back and did it yet again, back in the same process yet again. They... This is what is actually conspiracy. So if I wanted to try and throw the book at somebody like they're doing January 6th with all of us, then you know, that's what happens. So people go, oh, yeah, but that's regular discourse or what have you. Okay, so was what I took part in. All right. So was what most of the people there that took part in. Yet you're laying it out as everybody there is an insurrectionist and a seditionist. It's just a total slant. I mean, it's one-sided. And it's so obvious. It's so ridiculous. I'm, you know, like, um, and I'm not to talk about myself, but use me as an example. 47 years old, have no criminal history, you know. Uh, sure, I got a few traffic infractions or what have you, but I don't even think I've had a ticket in years, you know. I mean, so the reality is this. And, but yet, you want to say I came there for an insurrection. Like, really? I came there for an insurrection with sandwiches and water bottles and beef jerky? Really? I mean, this is ridiculous. So anyway, but back to the, what Randy was saying, I love the idea. Open it up to questions. I'd love to field some questions. If you have a question, please um, press the blue button and raise your hand and I'll call on you. In the meantime, I so much want to thank you guys for coming and I can't even imagine Trennis, what you've been through. And if you guys could either send myself or Mike the links um, that we can help to give money and give donations to the commissaries and also the channel names where we can be able to donate as well. In the meantime, that would be awesome. And we'll make sure that everybody finds that out. Well, Tina, thanks a bunch for that. I will tell you that, um, you know, the a Americans for Justice, that's A4Justice.org that Randy and I founded, yeah. uh, is the place where you can go to help for the prisoners, the guys that are detained. And I know that almost all the people doing this, and I've been really bad about this. I will say in my own thing, I hadn't done much for myself, and I've managed to raise a whopping $835 for myself while I've we've been out on this uh, speaking tours and events and spent Literally, Randy and I together spent tens of thousands of dollars of our own money being out, talking about this, raising awareness, going to events, talking to stages. And my wife said, if I don't start uh, being you know, a little more cognizant of taking care of, you know, like, you know, everybody else is raising money. You know, we've got huge legal fees, too. I can tell you that the expenses that I'm in here, I was over $80,000 into this. 
um, several months ago uh, when Randy and I kind of really got cooking on a bunch of this and started spending more money. And um, so I do, I have a give, send, give as well. And I certainly appreciate any help. It's certainly useful, but I've always said that, listen, um, there are people out there that, I mean, I can't imagine being one of these people indefinitely detained. And I think my good fortune in that is that I wasn't arrested until March 4th. I was indicted on January the 8th. They had a guy with the megaphone. I guess they thought that was really exciting. But uh, the there's people there that they're losing everything. I mean, I haven't lost my home. I haven't had to, you know, my wife didn't, you know, lose our cars while I was locked up somewhere for a year. So my heart really goes out to them. And I always tell people, you know, look, if you're going to pile on something big for somebody, I, please go out and help these guys that are indefinitely detained because they're the guys that, I mean, they're honestly, this is this brass tax that they're screwed. These people are screwed. Their lives are screwed. They've lost their homes. They've lost their cars, their kids. You know, I mean, who's buying the Christmas presents? Who's taking care of the birthday presents? Who's doing and not to mention they have an ongoing expense every month with the telecom. I mean, that's so just to call their own child to, you know, as a parent to be able to call your child and say, hey, buddy, how was your game or. You know, hey, Susie, how was the recital or whatever the case may be? They can't even do that without those without that help, because you don't get free phone calls home to to your kids. And those and those calls are expensive. So um, I always urge people, please, you know, see us today for justice dot org. That's um, letter, letter A, number four, justice dot org. And please consider helping these people. I always tell people, look, I don't care how you want to spin it. If you think they just caught up in something bad, you think they made a bad decision. Or you, you know, view them as, you know, the patriots that stood up for you and you didn't go somewhere. And, you know, they stood for a stolen election. They stood, they were, they were there to protest and demonstrate um, the, what's happening to them is not right. Even if they did commit a crime, they, they, the uh, punishment does not fit the crime. This is ridiculous. They've been denied their writ of habeas corpus due process um, and, and their lives are being destroyed. They're going to need help long after this. They haven't even scratched the surface on their legal fees. I can tell you with a felony and five misdemeanors that if you want to go to trial, which most of these people are going to be forced to do to have any hope of seeing the light of day, you're looking at two or three hundred thousand dollars. And I said exactly that two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars to go fight a felony and a handful of misdemeanors in federal court. That's what I'm facing. So I'm dealing with. So, um, you know, that's the reality of the situation. And, you know, the difference in me and them is I'm not detained. And then people say, well, how come you didn't go to prison like they did or get indefinitely detained? I said, well, fortunately, around February, mid-February, they really stopped doing this thing of hauling every back back to D.C. to see a magistrate. Those D.C. magistrates are the ones that considered them too dangerous to release. Um, but the reality is, as many of them, there's even one of the cases where the gentleman just was recently offered a plea deal. And if he would sign the plea deal, he would already get out because of the time served based on the charge that he would be agreeing to. And he said no. So that's another story. So there's a whole lot more here to break down and talk about, about kind of some of what I've used, the, the heroism of some of these patriots of what they're standing, that they're standing on a matter of principle when they could be out and you stay, no, I won't sign your plea deal because it's a lie. So the answer is no. And I'll stay in here if that means I have to be indefinitely detained. I think, you know, my people are like, oh, it's crazy. They're standing on principle, people. I mean, this is the kind of people they are, the people that sing the national anthem in a country that's doing what it's doing to them every night at 9 p.m. without fail. Um, they're staging sit-ins in the jail. 
I mean, you, can you imagine what the penalties are going to be for them additionally inside and how they're being treated? That's a whole other story. But anyway, so the aforjustice.org and donate to these guys. Um, again, my name's Trennis Evans, T-R-E-N-I-S-S, E-V-A-N-S. And I certainly appreciate any help that I may get as well. So, Yeah, one and, of the things, you know, just, just before we get into the questions and stuff, um, let me just hit on, I, I spoke about this a little bit before all of this started. And Trinesh, you can uh, jump in at, at any point. Um, but we at Americans for Justice, one of the things that we're in the process of beginning to organize now is, is an event called the Great American Assembly. Uh, what we're doing is we're kind of going back to the drawing board. And the idea is, you know, we've been fighting this for January 6th and our political prisoners for the better part of a year. Um, and one of the things that we're we're seeing is that all of this going on from the Department of Justice, from the FBI, they have done such a great job at silencing and intimidating American patriots across the country to the point yeah. that um, a lot of people don't even want yeah. to speak yeah. up and talk about um, January 6th, talk about the plight of our political prisoners and all of this. So re- one of the things that that I really, you know, focus a lot on over the holidays is how can we mix this up? Um, and, and really that's where kind of the idea is we want to unite Americans around the Constitution because no other subject matter and no other issue in America really showcases how much uh, the, our federal government is shredding the Constitution before our very eyes than as it be, uh as can be seen through our political prisoners. Um, These political prisoners, the vast majority of them have never committed a crime in their life, and yet they're denied bail, while murderers are allowed bail. Um, I'll give you a perfect... just went down to Florida with the pipe, with the bomb, backpack bomb, got bail. And he went there with the idea, he wrote about going there to kill people. That was his thing, and he's on bond. But yes, and that... That was at the candlelight vigil to Jeremy Brown at Pinellas County Jail. Um, and at that candlelight vigil, an Antifa person was was um, detained in possession of two pipe bombs. And when they went to his house, they found, like what Trinis had said, the instructions of how to build it, what his intent was, and, and all of that. This guy was let out. Or, or was granted, I should say. I don't know if he's been let out or not. But he bond. was granted $320,000 bond. Yeah, like right so, out of the gate, instantly. Our own guys who haven't even come close to doing anything like that have been denied any kind of bail. Yeah. And it just goes to show how so much of this has been politically weaponized. So... Again, just, you know, in closing, what I want to mention is we have this event, the Great American Assembly. The idea behind it is we want to unite all Americans who support our Constitution to come out to their state capitals on March the 20th um, in celebration of the Constitution. If we can come together with one collective voice and demand and hold our elected officials accountable and accountable to the U.S. Constitution, I believe that we could really begin to do some amazing, successful things, not just for our political prisoners, but for election integrity, for medical freedom, our southern border, you name it. 
it all comes back to our constitution. And right now we are actively in a war on our constitution. No, a hundred percent of that. So yeah, I'd love to see if there's any questions there. Surely somebody wants to know something about January 6th or what we know about afterward or what have you. Yes. Quickly before that, I just want to let you guys know, I had a nephew about 10 years ago that got into some trouble. Every single time he called me, I was charged $10. If he needed a pair of socks because his feet were freezing, it cost me $20. If he needed deodorant, it cost me $10. So you can see what these guys are up against. And if you can help in any way at all, even if it's five or $10, I encourage you to help there. So Sue, Cheryl, you have the first question and Miss America, you're up. Hi, Sue. Sue Cheryl, press your button. How is that? Can you hear me now? There you go. Okay. Um, I wonder who decided that these people are terrorists and are. Um, to be punished under the Patriot Act, I understand, rather than our regular legal system and getting constitutional rights. Yeah, I'll answer that just because the, it's actually not the Patriot Act. The thing to understand is the Patriot Act was put in place and it was really the Patriot Act when it first came out really only applied to foreign terrorists. Right. Um, that had a 10 year expiration date. That So that ultimately expired in 2011. In 2012, under the Obama administration, there it was renewed and included under the National Defense Act of 2012. Okay. And in that, a lot, of, a lot of these things were, and a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of the things that, occur, that, that was put in place with the Patriot Act that applied to foreign, foreigners, now applied and could apply to U.S. citizens. And even the ACLU at that point in time called out the administration and actually initiated a lawsuit against the Obama administration saying that that, that, that law would go down in history as one of the darkest moments in, in, in the history of the United States. Now you fast forward to today, and that is what they use um, to quote-unquote Rip away whoever whoever it is that they point a finger at. They they believe they have the right to strip away every single one of their constitutional rights. Parents and we school boards, yeah, yeah. And we we as American citizens, we we have to fight back on this. This is one hundred percent unconstitutional. There is absolutely no way whatsoever that this should be allowed to happen. Go ahead, Jim. Did you have anything else to say? Yeah. So, you're the people that provided the labeling for it currently, though. And, and second part of your question there is who did this? Is Randy? I think gave you a good understanding of the law and how it's been used against the American people now. But mm -hmm. if you'll remember, on January sixth, Joe Biden was on TV that evening. I sat in the Freedom Plaza Hotel around a bunch of other people who were there. We're kind of sharing stories about what you see, what you do. 
I, my jaw dropped. We were in shock going when they said everybody there was an insurrectionist and a seditionist. And I was like, you've got to be shitting me. Like, what, what are you talking about? Everybody on the grounds. And, you know, people were just looking around at each other like, what the hell are you talking about? This is nowhere near what we just saw. I mean, we were just there. And uh, the, the idea. So the Biden administration has weaponized the Department of Justice, as we'll call them. And I will say that you guys are some sick, sick puppies up there that you take part in this thing. I will tell you that. And I hope they hear me loud and clear. Um, I've got some quite a quite a few things to say to them on my day in court. But anyway, that's another story. Uh, I urge you to watch that day anyway. So because um, I'm not I'm not very good at being quiet. But anyway, that's another story. The what I was getting to, though, is so the Biden administration weaponized the DOJ, just as we see him weaponized against the school board parents. They got some pushback. So they kind of let up that. Like, oh, this is too far. But I mean, it's basically this is the same people that have pushed the COVID measures. It's the same people that have pushed this thing where that if you were talking about the election now, you could be deplatformed. They're going to use the same measures like you're watching Trudeau use it up in Canada. And they're playing with this. They're playing with this, what I believe to be fire, because eventually, you know, uh, I think the American people, if they do this right, and like, you know, through events like the Great American Assembly, through events like the truckers, um, what you're going to see is you're going to see that people have the right to peacefully assemble. And that's where that freedom of assembly. Now, what, what will they attempt to do with that? That's another story. But what you have to recognize is you as an American citizen have the right to peacefully assemble. That means if they say stay back or back up, you say, yes, sir. And you back up. You don't argue. You don't fight. You don't press it. You know, somebody tries to instigate, you know, people need to drown them out in prayer or sing a song around them. I, I don't know, you know, whatever the answer is there. But we have to continue to assemble the idea that they knock the knock you upside the head with fear because of what they've done to people like me with January 6th is what they're hoping that you will do. Shut up, sit down and take it. That's what they want with the election that they stole. That's what they want with uh, COVID. That's what they want with your medical freedom. That's what they want with your schools is they want you to shut up, stay home and don't be vocal anymore. No longer assemble. And the moment that you do that, You've allowed, you know, this erosion of our rights, which has been a slow ebbing away or etching away of them for some time, will really take hold and it will go much faster. So it is time. It is absolutely time to peacefully assemble. Uh, Randy mentioned that date. That's an event we've worked on for a long time. I assure you that there's uh, veterans involved in this event. There are Christians involved in this event. There are people of all walks, shapes, sizes, races, colors beliefs but the one common unifying number or piece of information there is that these people believe in the constitution of the united states of america and the freedom of the people so uh, government of the people for the people by the people and that's the key matter here so um, if you believe in those things and you're going to sit home and be silenced and you're going to stay on your couch I'm telling you that you're going to just allow them and when your kids look up at you one day and go gee mom dad what happened to your freedom you know, what happened? This used to be this free country. You you have to answer to it. That's what happened. You didn't go anywhere. And I'm not telling you to get your firearm. I'm not saying grab your military attire. I'm telling you, get your flag, get your Bible, whatever it is that works for you. Go to your capitals and pray. Dude, go to your capitals. Be peaceful. Go to your capitals. 
say your Pledge of Allegiance. When you say it, say it with honor. Say it like you damn well mean it. Those kinds of things. That's what this is going to be about. Um, a peaceful, legal, lawful assembly. And spread the word. You know, if you got something more important to do than standing up for your country and your rights peacefully, legally, and protected by the Constitution, then, you know, I don't know. I just feel like this. Maybe you don't deserve the freedom that's afforded to you currently. One of the things that I would say, too, that goes hand in hand with that, and I think this is a perfect way to summarize really what this event is about. Um, There's a quote that's attributed to Thomas Jefferson, and it goes something along the lines of, when government fears the people, you have liberty. When the people fear the government, you have tyranny. That is, in essence, the America that we live in today. The government does not fear the people. The people now fear our government. And and one one thing that I will say, and kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of this, a lot of people don't realize it to the extent, I'm actually in the process of writing a series of articles. I'm really going to try to hunker down uh, between now and the weekend and then maybe begin publishing them next week. But a lot of people don't realize that we essentially live in a communist country today. 90% of those employed and or lead our government agencies, especially at the federal level, are straight up progressive leftists, Marxists, and or communists. And a lot of that began to happen under the Obama administration with the appointment of of, um, Comey. Comey is an admitted communist. In 2004, he admitted in an interview with with Vanity, I I believe it was Vanity Fair, that he was a communist. Um, And also Brennan, um, bragged um, that in the 70s he voted for a communist candidate for president. Uh-huh. And he bragged about that openly even when he was appointed um, I believe it was to uh, the CIA. Yeah. And a lot, what, 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 the one, one part of it that I'm going to hit on, and I'm going to be providing a lot of supporting evidence to what I'm speaking to here, but when all of those and it probably started long before that um, under Mueller But it was like the entrance requirements to the DOJ, the FBI, Homeland Security, and all of these government agencies changed. And it changed in such a way that no conservative FBI agent or lawyer or any of that was ever hired after that point. And more importantly, it was done in such a way to force out any conservative-leaning person by not promoting them, by being extra harsh on them. The metrics uh, for promotion are the biggest key, right? Yeah, exactly. And all you of might this, be, you might be an agent, but you're not going very far as a conservative in this, in this, in the, in what they call, you know, quote unquote, this man's army of the FBI today. Right. And, and I mean, the biggest thing is, I mean, a lot of this, I had, there's some elements of this that kind of resonated with me. I live in New York City. I've lived in New York City now for eight, nine years. And one of the things that I have seen, is this the NYPD go through the exact same thing when the when the riots took off? Um, a lot of good, solid um, uh, NYPD officers pretty much put in the papers to leave, to retire early, to to transfer out. Um, and then you have the 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 vax mandates. There's another portion of it where where people who you know American patriots and and, and good law enforcement officers kind of getting pushed out. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go through that through a lot of that uh, as to 
you know, how did we get from there to here in such a short amount of time to, to where we are today? And uh, what, one of the things that I would say is, you know, begin begin to look at it from that standpoint, because, I mean, by all by all metrics right now, the way that we are right now as a country and the way that our federal government is, um, we, we really are in a, a communist country. Said there was another person had a question there. American. Yes, Miss America, you're up in MB fifty seven slash thirty two. You're next. Hi, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, Hi. Thank you. You know, it's it's heart wrenching, but I'm going to try and refrain from crying here. So I'm going to try and keep these to short answers. My questions are, is everyone that's detained in D.C., Washington, D.C.? No, no. Majority. Uh, 47, Randy, and I think we have 70 42. plus or just over 80. 42 in D.C.? Yeah. Yeah, for, 42. Virginia is the second biggest detainment facility, and then after that, it kind of trickles around the country. Okay. Um, what happened to the gentleman that did the interview on CNN? Do we remember? Which the, gentleman? There was a guy that was filming with a girl. I don't have his name offhand. And he just did the big interview right after that and was let out on bail. Oh, are you talking about John Earl Sullivan? Yes, sir. John Earl Sullivan and Keepa Marxist. Yeah. So that gentleman as you call him, I'm not going to reference him. I guess we'll, I guess we'll, for these purposes, we'll reference him as a gentleman. But uh, yeah, John Earl Sullivan um, had a laundry list of charges. He was chanting and can be heard saying, burn it down. That was what he was advocating for. He has been seen in the middle of ma many protests throughout the country. He was present January 7, uh, January 20th, 2017 as well. If my memory serves me correctly, I don't know. Uh, Randy, am I right on that? Uh, and the Trump uh, inauguration date, uh, but he's he's been a focal well, point. Was, uh, I don't the know, idea down, ended all, and he's certainly uh, Antifa uh, peddler. That kind of that kind of. He's actually he's actually widely considered to possibly be a government asset. He was he was arrested at a couple of on BLM events, um, but it, but certainly. He's one that's allowed to be out on bail in spite of the fact that he broke on video, his own video, he broke a window. And also he was right there involved in a lot of the, the violence, um, inciting a lot of violence. Mm -hmm. um, and again, he's allowed to walk he's around. This. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. This. That's, just, that's just, I mean, you, you can't be any more accurate about it. And I would bet you that that guy's charges are dropped down. I bet you he, I bet you he serves no time with all he advocated for. But anyway, I'm sorry. You asked about him. That's that's kind of the nutshell. So I'll let you move through your next question. So nothing's really changed on him. Again, I'm trying to be nice. But um, where, what, I mean, this is complete injustice is where my head is at. So where do you see the breaking point? Because somewhere it has to flip because this is just, when, it's absolutely ridiculous what's happening. When the United States looks like Canada and the American people get off their ass and go do something, honestly, say something, stand up, peacefully assemble and say, we're done with this, enough of this, and demand for actual justice. 
But as it goes right now, I mean, these cases go on every day. Pleas are happening nonstop. Uh, trials will begin here. I think first trials are in April. So, I mean, this is this process is going to go. I mean, they're just going to keep doing this. And these judges are, you know, I mean, a lot of these judges might as well slap a D for Democrat on there. And uh, they keep calling it the most shameful event ever. And I'm going to tell you that they're full of shit. And, they, you know, they need to be told that, that this is bullshit. You know, this is not the most shameful event ever. This is not Pearl Harbor. It's not 9-11. And anyone that insults the death of thousands and thousands or well, tens of thousands of individuals, which I thought, well, sorry, thousands and thousands between Pearl Harbor and 9-11 that were attacks that were pre-planned with the idea of killing American citizens is an idiot. And I, well, there's so many better words. Probably I'm lost for them now. But um, I think one of the best, better quotes that I've heard on this is this wasn't anything like 9-11 or, or uh, Pearl Harbor. It was a whole hell of a lot more like Tiananmen Square. And if you kind of go back to there, but in what, I mean, here's the thing, they're not going to go. The idea that the department of injustice, as I like to call them, are these alphabet agencies or this administration is going to double back and go, Hey, you know what? It's not really fair how we've treated these Patriots. It's not really fair how we've treated these people, these taxpaying American citizens. And I remind you who they are. They were your firemen, police officers. They served in the military for you. These are the people that were kept your place safe. They kept your home safe. Uh, they kept the country safe. And over half of those detainees. And, uh, and you look at this. How? Why? Why is there so many of them there? Isn't that a little odd? Do you think it's a little odd that all these people are engaged in this? Uh, what were they doing? There's mostly people. A lot of people that took an oath. And why did they, they go? Because they recognized what was wrong. Anyway, so that that just kind of breaks back down to the reality of this. Until the people actually do something what do you think it's going to take for this administration so here's two ways to do it i mean you could go um, the idea that people are going to go and rise up and get their arms and stop this uh, that's that's an ugly way to do it i don't think it's necessary i think you know randy and i talk about this a lot we talk to a lot of people about this i believe in the peaceful legal lawful constitutionally protected matters but you got to go, hey, you know, when these things happen, these events and these opportunities happen, you can't say, well, I've got Susie's game or Johnny's, you know, thing to be at. I can't really do it that weekend. You're going to have to put some things aside and go be there for not only for your countrymen, but um, for your country, because it's your child. What are you going to do when it's your child next? Um, or, you know, your aunt, uncle, niece, sister, daughter, husband. You know, I mean, it's there's they don't have any limitations. Nothing stops them. They don't. They have no reason in what they're doing. It's just you're the other side of the aisle in the political party, and they're coming after you. They're going to silence you, shut you up, deplatform you. Look what happens on Facebook, Twitter. That's just kind of a sampling of it. So until the people go, you know what, nothing's going to be more important than freedom and the Constitution, and I'm going to show up and have my say. And that's when it stops, and not until not until. And the, the part of it that I would add to it is, at the end of the day, this comes down to justice. We can look all around, we, you know, election integrity, lawsuits were brought. I mean, how does 13 states bring a lawsuit to the Supreme Court challenging a stolen election? And it gets tossed on the excuse that you don't have standing. I mean, how is that even well, how standing? The president didn't have standing. The people didn't have standing. So not one case was ever heard. Remember that. And you got those all those lawsuits. Not one case was ever heard. 
No evidence. No judge ever let the evidence be presented in the court to hear it. They all threw them out based on timing, standing, loophole, this nonsense, that. The courts failed. The legislative bodies failed. Your country failed. Your, your, your freedoms are being ripped away from you by a fraudulent administration. And if you don't see it, I don't. I urge you go back and watch all the judiciary hearings, the Senate judiciary hearings that were held in each of those states. Look at what's going on with Wendy Rogers. Look at the actual Arizona audits. Look at what's happening in Pennsylvania. Look what happened with Zuckerberg funding the drop boxes. Look at all this information that's in addition to what brought a couple of million people at a minimum that showed up in Washington, D.C. to stand up for something. Now, I say the reason that this even happened, that it's even here, is because there wasn't 10 million people. 10 million people could have showed up and said no, and they still were like, well, wait a minute. Hey, things just got real. The, the American people aren't going to tolerate this. We're going to have to hear this. We're going to have to do something. And that's when it gets in the courts. But they instigated what they did. They destroyed the whole thing with the January 6th by, by creating their instigators and putting that in there, and it gave them the pass to get it over with and get out of it. Yeah, but, but my point, though, Trinus, is that on a much bigger, you know, I was just giving that as a one small example, that our justice right. system has been so weaponized in this country. Um, and we will I'm not, sorry. these guys will not have an, any opportunity or shred of hope to actually seeing justice done in their cases until we get back to the constitution. And because our constitution is what what provides the framework for justice. Justice is supposed to be colorblind. You know, it it has nothing to do with your political ideology, how much money you have, who, you know, you know, and until we get back to being a country, that's a country that has and values justice. Um, justice is the fair and even application of the law. And until we get back to that point, we've lost, you know, our guys have no hope. Um, sad, very no. sad to say. But there's no hope for your children either. I mean, they're just going to keep pushing down this line. So, and that's, you know. and that's, and that's why I'm constantly saying we are in a war for the constitution. We really are. Um, so I apologize for taking so long to answer yeah, that question. Sorry. Yeah. What's your next question? I apologize. Yeah, me too. Sorry. It's hard, it's hard not to get going down these roads because this is it's so important. Go ahead. Totally get it. So, so MB57, you're next. If you could unmute your blue button. Hi. How you doing? Hi. How are you? Hi. Oh, pretty good. Thank you. I think about you guys all the time. All the time. Drives my family Thank crazy. You. <laughs> I have, well, don't even get me started. But anyway, um, my question is two things about um, groups that are supporting you guys. I know my understanding is there's the Patriot Freedom Project that we donate, that people can donate to. Um, and then the other one, I know um, Sydney Powell from Defending the Republic, she actually named you guys today in something she was talking about. Uh, but my name from some named January 6th defendants mm-hmm. today, she, she, Honestly, I didn't even listen to it because I'm not a fan of hers anymore. And I don't really, I feel like, I don't know. I don't really trust her. So I just didn't even listen to it. But um, but my understanding is from talking to some different families on the chats that I'm in, um, that there's not a lot of support coming from the Patriot Freedom Project or from Defending the Republic that's actually getting to you guys in the way of legal support or any I- other type of support. Can you speak to that? 
Yeah, I want to. I'm going to add something. I know, Randy. I'm going to be careful. I don't want to go out on a limb here. Look, first of all, I don't want to insult the efforts of anyone else. Um, so let me say that. So I'm going to be very careful with this statement. The best way to uh, to get support directly to these people would be their individual gifts and goes. Now that's tough because you got probably several hundred of them out there. I will say this: a for justice.org does not touch one dollar of the mm-hmm. money that is given to the people. So uh, this is the re- one of the one of the reasons we founded A for Justice is because we wanted to make sure that a hundred percent of the money went to the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Randy, I can tell you that Randy actually goes to DC and puts that money directly on the books of the detainees. Mm-hmm. So now, while that doesn't That's necessarily awesome. support all of the people. But like I said, I think the most affected people are these people that are being indefinitely detained. So I've had people say, yeah. well, oh, yeah, but I don't want to support people that did violence. Well, let me point out to something here really quick, just a sidebar on that. If Do you think that somebody should have stepped in and stopped the Rodney King beating? Do you think that was right? I mean, I'm, I'm, let's, I'm just assuming your answer would be no, right? I mean, well, Rodney I, King well, shouldn't I mean, have been beaten like he was. Well, and not only that, these people haven't. I mean, you got nobody from that day has been um, proven guilty. Convicted. I mean, had their day in court. And and what we're Correct. doing. I mean, so, I, trust me, I'm with you. I and I'm okay. really active on the prisoners' record campaigns, and we donate money to commissary accounts, and we donate money for phone calls, and that's we fantastic. Money. We pay for yeah. access packs, and it's. I it's, think that's we, great. Yeah, we and then we also if prisoners you know, record is a really good organization. I'm going to say that I think I believe the prisoners record is a really solid organization that has the best interest of those indefinitely detained well, in and mind. We, and we do exactly what you said. We go. We don't. I mean, we can put money into a group account, but we're encouraged to just direct, donate directly and then write a letter and, you know, really try to have that personal relationship with the incarcerated um, our incarcerated brothers and sisters. Yeah. Um, and no, it's awesome, Patriot but Project. I was just, Patriot Mail Project, awesome, prisoners records, campaigns, join us, please, we, it's, you know, we, we try to provide about $300 a month per prisoner is our goal, and that adds up really quickly. Um, yeah, but it's bless awesome. you. It's, it's, it was, it's like, it's my passion, I, I'm, I love it, but I wish I wasn't doing it, but I mean, I wish I didn't have, I wish there was no need for it, but um, I, yeah, you know, people ask me all the time, what's, you know, what's your goal? And I was like, my goal would be like to go back to doing full-time being a dad and being a volunteer golf coach and being involved with my family full-time and not be, um, you know, missing dinner to be on podcasts. Mm-hmm. This isn't, you know, this isn't a career move for me. This isn't what I wanted to do. This I didn't set out with this plan. I, you know, I got sucked into it mm-hmm. and here I am. But, you know, I haven't, I'm not going to stop until, you know, we get somewhere with this. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the best and, way to and, do something is people to assemble. I mean, honestly, like I was there that day, and I feel like I have a little bit of like survivor guilt or PTSD, you know, from knowing what I saw and thinking like, I, you know, I was, in, you know, I was there. I heard the megaphones, people yelling, push forward, push forward, push forward. I was led, you know, people behind me were like pushing forward like that except for the fact that I lost my friend and, you know, like there was no cell phone service, like that could, you know, that could have been me. That could have been any of us because it could have been. Absolutely. Like, it just, 
It was because yeah. it's not scary. And there was nothing. We could be one of the dead the people. Yeah. We could be one of those people that lost their life. You could be one of the people in prison. I mean, well, yeah. You know, a lot of the people was, in prison never even committed any act of violence or theft. I mean, it's crazy. It a, no, exactly. And it, and it was a beautiful day. It was a ba- beautiful day of patriotism. And it certainly honestly, was. I didn't know until after I was, until like three o'clock that day, I, I knew nothing was wrong. And by 4.30, it was over. Like, yeah. well, it's so it's, it's such a, a mind game. And I, and I know because I was there and I think that's part of the reason that I can't, like, it's like a bone I can't let go of, but, and why I feel so my heart just breaks every day for what's happening yeah. to my brothers and sisters. But I walked um, in the building around three o'clock. I hear you. I no idea. And then I came out and they were, you know, yeah. that's crazy. One one of the things one of the things I'd like to interject, um, you you are definitely one of the bigger ones in all of this, and you're just as involved as anybody else. And one of the things I want to do is say thank you, you know, for your efforts and and what you do. Um, the other part I would say is just kind of go back to your your question about you know the Patriot Freedom Project, um, defending the Republic. There's a number of organizations that are out there. And one of the things that I would caution anybody before you actually donate or, or give to organizations, just take a minute to look at how they do things. Do they have transparency? Are they accountable for, for the dollars that come in and how it goes out? There are organizations that, you know, they, they, they're not as transparent as, as you would hope that they would be. Not every dollar that you donate to a particular cause goes to it. So just do your due diligence. Uh, I can't stress that enough. I mean, because it's like. Well, I just wanted you... to know if I could recommend, you know, I mean, the Patriot, I see the Patreon Freedom Project listed on different things. And I wonder, have they done anything good? Have they? I don't know. I don't know if they've done anything good. I, I, I can, I, as it relates to the Patriot Freedom Project, I can categorically say yes, they have done okay. a lot of good. And I say that okay. from the standpoint because I am in touch with a lot of these detainees. I know of at least 15 detainees that have lawyers today because of them. Okay, um, had some of the help and slow going um, when asked who gets help and why and how much and all of this, they're not all that transparent, but at the very okay. same time, they do a lot of good. I, I, and do we know you if can't anybody has that. been helped by defending the Republic? The... I don't I'm, know. I'm not aware of any. Not aware of I'm not, I am not aware of any. Myself. It doesn't mean that there's not that people have been helped. I just we're. I will tell you that you'd be hard pressed to find people with their finger on the pulse, probably outside of yourself in this call, and I don't know who else is in this call, but I guess and Randy and I. Um, that I mean, I do this full time. I've done this full time for a year now, mm-hmm. and I don't get paid. You know, like I said, I managed to raise eight hundred thirty-five dollars for myself. Randy, answer this question: How much money have we taken from the organization to fund our travel or our uh, hotel or any of those things. Tell, give her a number, Randy. Well, the one thing I will say is I work a nine to five job above and beyond mm-hmm. that nine to five job. I probably worked the equivalent of a full-time and a part-time job in this. And I have mm-hmm. since, you know, I first founded cap. I would say when it comes to dollar values, I've, I'm probably a negative $15,000 out of my own pocket into a lot of this. We pay for the websites and the development, all this stuff he's talking about, right out of our pocket. The travel is paid out of our pocket. This is individual expense that we've taken on to do these things and attend these events. And I only want to say this, and and I think it goes to the heart of what Emma's talking about. It's like 
my background is I, I, I was a proud boy president of a chapter here in New York City. I hadn't mm-hmm. missed an event in D.C. in three years. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I wasn't there on January 6th is because we were planning a huge rally here on Sunday, mm-hmm. January the 10th. I was leading the security of that, and I was actually meeting with the NYPD Community Affairs on January the 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the only reason I was not there. If I was there, I would most likely be sitting in there um, right. in solitary, com- solitary confinement with them. The reason I do what I do, it isn't for the money, it isn't for the for the attention or any of this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people throw those things at me like any of that matters to me. I'm doing this because, God forbid, that could have been me there. And if it was, I'd want somebody out here fighting like hell for them. So, you know, there are people having done this as long as we've done it. You know who who the right people are doing this for the right reasons. And I can't speak enough for the people associated with the prisoner's record. I can't speak mm-hmm. enough to yeah. stop hate. Um, there, yeah. There's some great awesome. champions in yeah, all of Yeah, and this. just, yeah, anybody who's on here, um, if you're listening, please join us over at the Prisoner's Record Campaigns where you can donate directly to a prisoner's commissary account. They don't get enough to eat, like sending them food, sending them money for those phone calls. It's six ninety five for a 15-minute phone call on one end. So they need money like just to be able to have uh, i don't even know like i can't even believe they're treated the way they're treated but you know just to have the most basic forms of humanity i wish like i wish you would email me at trennis t-r-e-n-i-s-s at condemned usa.com okay so um and one of the things just so the condemned usa thing that i that um that we do is um it, there's we don't we don't deal in money there there's no donations there's just information so mm-hmm. we point people directly to the gifts and goes of the individuals there no money flows into condemned usa so there's no charitable organization for that or anything of that nature so it's not about collecting money it's about information um, i have a lot of video on there and writings and kind of chronicle some of the travels that i've done here and uh, being mm-hmm. a part of this randy and i've been a part of um condemned USA since, uh, well, it's inception, which we, you know, we founded that. So um, anyway, so that's a, just a totally separate thing, but I wish you would email me there because I'd love to chat some more with you and make that connection with you. MB. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. That would be great. Yeah. I'm from California. I, I, I was sort of interested. I was looking the other day. going to be in San Diego next month. Oh, cool. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's not far. I'm in LA area. So I'm pretty uh, close. Only about two hours from San Diego. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're, anyway, we're also going to anyway. try to. We're also going to try to have a presence at CPAC too. So, where is CPAC going to be held? In Florida, the twenty twenty fourth to twenty seventh. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Let me know um, where you're going to be in San Diego or what you guys are doing. Um, yeah. I'd be happy to um, try to connect with you guys and. Uh, well, hopefully, at least one of us will make that trip, if not both. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this is for what you guys are doing. I mean, you know, we're. I ask myself every day, how can it just be us? (laughs) Like, where is is the? If you guys don't mind, if you guys don't mind, how is this possible that 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 I actually, when I get letters back and I see, oh my gosh, this is real. These people are real. Like it. Sometimes it's just it's overwhelming. I hate to interrupt you, but I'm I'm about to be on the phone with Jeremy Brown. If you guys would like oh, to 
yeah. Is he gonna? Is there any more questions in? before he gets in that call? No, Trinesh. Hold on. Yeah. How's it hey. going? How's it going, Jeremy? I'm so sorry. Um, That's okay. I'm actually on a podcast right now with, with Trinesh and some others, and I just want to know if you maybe had a message for them. For, I'm sorry, for, for who? Uh, we're on a podcast with, um, I'm sorry. Let me find the. Uh, CPN. Oops. Oh, CPN, Conservative Patriot Nation. This is a Telegram okay. podcast. Conservative Conservative Patriot Nation Network. Okay. And we we were yeah we we spent the last hour and uh, hour and forty six minutes talking about the J Sixers and everything that you guys are going through, and I thought maybe it might be good for you to be able to tell them firsthand kind of what you're going through. Oh sure, absolutely. Uh, am I am I on right now? Yes. Oh okay. Um, well. Uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going through uh, not nearly the uh, the physical uh, torture that uh, that they're putting the guys in D.C. through, but I'm certainly going through the bureaucratic uh, law lawfare uh, torture that I'm not I'm not even sure that they're going through it because yeah, it sounds like a lot of their uh, public uh, defenders and court appointed attorneys are basically just laying down, um, whereas uh, the, the legal team that we're literally building on a day-to-day basis, I mean, we're building the airplane in flight, uh, but we just had our fourth pro bono uh, volunteer attorney uh, reach out to us, and so uh, we're trying to build this team. But, you know, our goal is to counter every single thing uh, that the federal government is violating. So um, what that means is that I stay in here a little bit longer uh, really for the benefit of, of exposing some of the things that the government is doing illegally. And so just to kind of let everybody know, one of those things is that I've been denied bond um, and I've been held for tomorrow will be my 140th day. Uh, and basically I'm, I'm being held uh, without bond and maximum security in the Pinellas County Jail based on, uh, and I quote, uh, a judge's feelings about a handwritten sign that we posted on our door after I did my interview exposing the FBI's recruitment of me to be a, a confidential informant. That sign was actually submitted through an anonymous tip. Uh, we know who the person that, that did it, and this person has a historical history of harassment and stalking. But uh, so they're, they're holding me without bond uh, despite <coughs> releasing. The, the, the same legal system that just recently released an Antifa bomber who bought uh, explosive devices onto Pinellas County Jail property and attempted to uh, to bomb a crowd at a rally of mine here on January 6th. Um, so the, the uh, state's attorney's office here in Pinellas County has released that individual on his own recognizance claiming that the bomb that they originally claimed that the bomb squad checked out and, and that it was an active device and that they destroyed it. Now they're saying, oh, well, just fireworks. And so we let the Santifa member go free. Uh, so then there's that aspect. Then we have uh, the federal government has filed an emergency motion to shut down my fundraising efforts because apparently 
$52,000 is just too much money for me to be allowed to to raise for my future defense. So currently, we have a judge, the same judge that that feels like I uh, should be held without bond. He also feels like there's nefarious action happening uh, with these funds. And so now he has ordered me to give up uh, the money that has been raised, $12,000 of the money that's been raised on, on my defense's behalf. The problem is that we actually took the proper steps to have that money uh, put into a 501c3, and, and, the, and it, the money is being managed by a trust, which has a pro bono attorney managing it. And so now the judge is really upset over the fact that he can't extract money from me uh, and so that they're calling this another, you know, just another round of hearings and everything like that. So, wow. um, but there is good news. Uh, we have a, a motion to suppress based on the improper uh, search warrant, uh, which is what the, the, the FBI is using to uh, try to charge me uh, with additional felonies. And of course, there's a lot of nefarious stuff uh, circling that. Uh, uh, but we feel real good about that. So. Uh, it, it, it's a lot of, you know, the, the technique and the tactic that these guys like to do is they like to have thousands of people working against you. Of course, we're all financing it, so we're basically financing our own prosecution uh, through taxpayer dollars. <laughs> and, and then they they tell you, oh, you, you can have one attorney. Uh, he can't spend more than $12,000, all, all this crazy nonsense. But th- this is the game that they're playing. This is why... They're holding all these January Sixers, uh, some for almost a year now, even though they're pre-trial, even though they're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, even though none of them have uh, violent histories, even though none of them were engaged in any violence on, on January 6th. It's just complete and utter nonsense. But what they're doing is they're trying to sweat these guys and, and these gals out so that they plead to some lesser charge and they can come to them and say, hey, look, you've been in here for a year now. Why don't you just plead guilty to this little misdemeanor um, and then we'll give you time served and you can go home to your family and your dogs and your cats. Um, And then what they can do is run the news headline that another insurrectionist domestic terrorist pleads guilty to involvement in the takeover of the U.S. government from January 6th. And, and that's the game they're playing. And my goal is to not take any of these plea deals, to not take the easy way out, but instead to force trials, to force hearings, to force appeals to everything that they do. Uh, another thing that they've done is they've issued an unconstitutional protective order. So here I am 140 days in, and I've yet to see the discovery against me. They provided me some discovery, but they have unconstitutionally classified most of it as sensitive or highly sensitive, and they have barred me from seeing it without the adult supervision of my attorney. Um, Again, this is a Sixth Amendment violation, uh, my right to public trial, my right to face my accusers, my right to compulsory gathering of witnesses in my own defense, uh, my right to counsel. So... They're they're trying every unconstitutional trick in the book, and they're used to getting away with it. Um, as the, the prosecutor in my case likes to use the term, it's common for us to do this. Well, common does not equal legal. It only means 
that you commonly violate the law. And so, uh, you know, I'm willing to stay in here as long as I need to stay here uh, in order to force these issues out into the public. And, and that's what we're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much, uh, you know, for speaking to that. Let me, um, I don't know how much time we have left, but um, maybe give people uh, an idea of your background. The one thing I'll say to everybody is, is Jeremy Brown is one of our nation's heroes. He served. I'll, I'll let I'll let you give your background, Jeremy. Yeah, so um, so I'm a retired Army Green Beret. I spent 20 years in the Army, uh, three years with the First uh, Ranger Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment, and then 17 years as a Green Beret. I retired as a Master Sergeant, which is E8. Um, uh, I served in you know. I served on five of the seven continents all over the world, a couple of trips to Afghanistan, a couple of trips to Iraq, as well as other other places all over the world. And, and you know, I re- retired in 2012. Uh, you know, I, I held a top-secret clearance uh, while I was in. Uh, retired. I started a business that I ran for five years. I run for U.S. Congress, and I'm currently an active candidate for Florida House of Representatives. Uh, here in Florida, our paperwork just went in last week. So I will be, uh, what we believe, I will be the first uh, American politician to actually run an entire campaign while incarcerated instead of the other way around. You know, most politicians deserve to go to jail after they've served. I'm going to start my career out in jail and then hopefully be able to, to, to change uh the way this out of control government uh, is going after the fact. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, anyone have any questions for Jeremy? If you have a question, raise your hand. You know, uh, one of the things, you know, thank you for filling us, filling us in and bringing us up to date regarding the, the pipe bomber. I was in D.C. for January 6th. I was at the D.C. jail for the, the candlelight. Hey, hold, on, hold on one sec. Hold on one second, Randy. The, the guards are calling me. Oh, yeah, sure. No, no. Hey, Wiz. Sorry, there's two Browns in here and they were calling me. All right. I actually have a question for Jeremy. Okay, go ahead. Hey, Jeremy, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can, I can barely hear you. You're a little, a little bit uh, yeah. I'll, I'll try and speak up here, Jeremy. One, I thank you for your service, and I thank you for what you're doing. I, I, this is Trennis. Uh, one of the things I'd ask is, what would you ask of the people? What do you think would be the most effective route to standing up for you and the other J6 detainees and defendants at this point? Well, what, what I would say is, I mean, just take uh, take some cues from the Canadian truckers, take some cues from the Bolivians um, who have been battling a couple different issues down there, uh, take some cues from, from you know, people all over Europe, and that is get out there, Make it known to our elected officials, to our our unelected officials, to the bureaucrats that you're you know you're mad as hell and you're not going to take it anymore. And that, that really, I mean, the reality is that uh, 
you know, most politicians, they don't really care uh, about anything until it's time to, to uh, until their job is at stake. Um, and so um, I think you're seeing the, the world is waking up. And what really kind of discourages me is that why why are Americans the last one to get on this uh, this, this, this train here? And so um, that's, the, the main thing is to show up in numbers because that's what really scares uh, these tyrants because they know that, that they're outnumbered. We just don't know it. And, uh, you know, I think if you look at the closing scene of the movie V for Vendetta, uh, where you, where you have the armed troops standing there and they're overcome by just sheer numbers, not armed people, but just citizens that show up and show them that, Hey, we have the numbers. And if you guys don't back away from your, from your tyranny, uh, then we're, we're going to, you know, utilize these numbers to our advantage. And I think that's the biggest thing. Is, uh, and, and I tell people, look, you know, you might feel like, well, what can I do? Well, you know, God has given you special talents in your life, loves that, that you're, you're good at, things that, 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 uh, that you can contribute. So find a way to leverage those talents and, and those abilities in this fight, because it is a fight. And if we don't acknowledge that and realize that what we're seeing going on around us is not just a story that runs on the six o'clock or 11 o'clock news. And it's not just something that we read on Facebook, but it's really affecting people and, and people are dying. I mean, if you look at the CDC numbers, you know, America has almost a million excess deaths in the last year. And there's a reason for that. And we should be asking ourselves why. Why is it that American citizens are being classified as terrorists? Well, it's the same reason why George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, uh, John Hancock, and the rest were all classified as terrorists. Because pirates don't like free people. It's the same reason why slaves weren't allowed to read. Because the slave masters don't like informed slaves because informed slaves equal free men. And, uh, you know, so, so that's what Americans need to do. They need to wake up. They need to realize what's going on and, and, and realize that this, just isn't, this is just isn't a news story. It's coming to your neighbor's house. It's coming to your house if you don't do something about it now. So, I mean, hold these bureaucrats, hold these politicians accountable. And if they're not doing what you want them to do, boot them the hell out of there. Absolutely. And then just so that you know, Jeremy, since the last time I think you and I spoke, um, Americans for Justice, we've act, we're actually in the process of launching, and I think we spoke about this, the Great American Assembly event. Um, we're going to be asking every American who supports the Constitution to go out to their state capitals on March the 20th to stand in celebration of the U.S. Constitution. And what we really hope is that that will begin to unite Americans. It doesn't matter politics, religion, or any of that. We just want to bring people together around the Constitution, stand up with one voice, and do exactly the things that you're talking about. So, And, and, and it is possible. You know, we're going to have a rally here at the jail. It'll be our fifth or sixth. I, I, can't, I can't remember. Uh, time, time escapes me here. Right. But I have all my fellow inmates, uh, Bloods, Crips, Latin Kings, uh, neutrons, which is a is a jail term for those people that just bounce around, <laughs> but they're all basically saying, "Hey, 
is it okay if I have my family and my people show up at your rally? I'm like, just through talking to my fellow inmates, black, white, Hispanic, uh, Asian, whatever, we're able to actually learn that we agree on a lot more than we disagree on. You know, liberty is a uniting bond that we all share. We all want freedom. We all want liberty. And uh, what the media tries to do is divide us along the lines of color. What the government tries to do is divide us along, along class warfare. And if we would just you know, talk to our neighbors like we used to do when I was a young boy, um, we might learn that you know we actually agree on more stuff than what we disagree on. And, that, and this the strategy of divide and conquer that the enemies of this nation are using, um, the enemies that are on the side of evil are using, is a, is a divide and conquer strategy. And we can defeat that easily by just shaking our neighbor's hand and saying, look, at the end of the day, I want you to enjoy the same liberty that I want to enjoy. Uh, and that really is the best strategy against these tyrants. And, and I think the idea of gathering at the state capitals is key because what people don't realize is that the U.S. Constitution is a contractual obligation of the federal government that was granted by the state governments. And so I don't know why these state legislators and these governors don't use the Tenth Amendment power that they have uh, as laid out in, in the Constitution and say, look, this federal government is out of control. Maybe it's time for a new declaration of, of reorganization uh, and get control of this federal government because every single day it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And uh, you know, every federal policy, now the federal government wants to take charge of providing Internet. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how far outside the bounds this federal government has stepped, and yet it's the governors and the state legislators that are allowing it to happen. And until they start to stand up, and, and sure, they probably make about one-fifth of what a federal congressman makes, but they're the ones with the actual power, not not the federal government. And they, they need to just grab the Constitution, read it, and then stand up for it. And, and I've told my attorney in my defense, there's only two documents that we're going to use in my defense. You have one minute. One is the Constitution and one is the Bible, because that's a, a foundational document for our Constitution. So I don't need federal statute this or, or criminal code this, because everything that they're doing to me and the other 700 plus January 6ers is a violation of the U.S. Constitution. And since uh, Article 6, Paragraph 2 states that the Constitution is the supreme law of the land and all judges are beholden to follow it, that's all we need to do in order to defend ourselves. Absolutely. Amen. Well, we're about to get cut off, Amen. so I just want to thank everybody who's listening, and uh, you know, just keep standing up for yourself, because no one else is going to stand up for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jeremy. We wish you all the best. We're praying for you, and we're pulling for you. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you, Jeremy. Amen. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you. Okay. So, wow, wow, wow. Hey, this is exactly what we said. This is why we're doing this. This is why that we're having the Great American Assembly, because this is how important it is. I mean, you heard it from somebody that's there, sitting there, indefinitely detained. He's telling you that that's the number one thing you can do. Give, send, goes great. Uh, you know, funding, letter writing, those are all fantastic. But without an actionable people, 
And I will tell you that honestly, I I I, I don't say this, and I try not to. Uh, please don't anyone take this the wrong way, but I'm I'm freaking ashamed of America at this point that we've allowed this to go this far, and that we sit in our spoiled Western culture and don't take action. And when I say action, that's peaceful assembly. Like I said before, that's what Jeremy's told you. There's a reason. I called Randy one morning and said, Randy, I've got it. I've got the idea. Here's what we got to do. We've got all 50 state capitals. We're going to do this all at once. What do you think? And he said, yeah, I love it. We got going on it. Randy and I started talking about it. We've been working on this event for months. Um, and then, you know, we started some dialed some things back, dialed some things up. I assure you that, you know, if people are going to sit on the couch and go, gee, let's see if other people go or what happens. That's not what saves the country. That's not what preserves your liberty. It's not what uh, solidifies your constitutional rights or the rights of the people that are sitting there indefinitely detained uh, or anyone else for that matter. Your children, it's the future. It's your country. And, look, I mean, you have people all over the world that don't even have a constitution. They don't even have the rights provided to them to stand up for their country uh, or stand up for their freedom in their country. They don't even possess those rights, yet they're doing it. And, and they're doing it with no constitutional backing so that it backs them and gives them the right to be there. They're risking jail and imprisonment and stuff because they don't even have that backing. You have that backing. Go there. Go peacefully. Go stand up. It's time. It's, well, time, the time for it's come and gone. But, I mean, what are we going to do? Nothing? I mean, is that where you want to go with the inaction? You want to hope that you know what this woke military does something or uh, who no one's going to come and save the United States. The United States has been the place that's gone and saved everybody else for all of memorable history. So if you're waiting for someone else to do this for you, you've got it wrong. I'm wasting my time and I'm wasting my breath. If you're about saving your country, preserving your constitution, preserving your liberty, and you want to unify under that and do this peacefully, and patriotically, then get out of your house, make your plans, get your friends, get your neighbors, go down to your local VFW, talk to whoever it is, uh, your churches, your groups, organize something, put something together, go there, stand there, pray, pray, and don't leave. This isn't a three-hour event. It's not a one-day event. This is, we're going to go do this. This is real. Um, and you don't have to leave. There's no expiration date. There's no time limit for peaceful assembly. You have these rights. The Constitution says so. You don't need a permit. You don't need uh, a stage. You need to show up. And if you do something else on that day, then, you know, like I said, you know, I think our, our forefathers are spinning in their graves realizing what's happening here. And this is what it was meant when they said, a, when, it was, when the statement was said, you know, when asked, you know, I've been trying to what, what, what do we have here? And he says, a, con a republic, if you can keep it. Like, this is why they provided you the power of assembly, so that you, the people, had the right to keep it. Look at the truckers in Canada. They brought their families. They brought their wives, their children. They're there. They're singing. They're dancing. They're doing this peacefully. They're doing it patriotically. Don't let them take that from you. And, you know, the anomaly that we provide to these people by calling them the thems and the theys, they're no one. They work for us. And it's just like the ants. You know, they think that by doing what they're doing to people like Jeremy Brown and Felicia Knowles and the Trinis Evans and the 
uh, you know, all these people, the Christopher Orells, all the people that you're seeing go through this, and near 800 people now, they think that they're scaring you into this complicit nature of what they designed for you, that you will sit down, shut up, and take no action. And they're winning when they do that. And if you don't go, then, you know, just be from, don't be shocked when you're turning over your guns and the government's coming and taking them from your homes. Don't be shocked when you're no longer, you know, they want to control the Internet. Why do you think they want to control the Internet? You, the dissidents, you that don't get along or don't go their way, they just shut off your access. Who are you going to talk to them? So this is what is meant by this. You, That peaceful power of assembly is yours. Use it or lose it. Um, quick question from Sue Cheryl. Go for it, Sue. I don't have any questions now. Okay, so next quick question, Miss America. All right, could you give me your email address again um, to make a long story really short? I did a lot of digging with some really smart people. And what I, I don't, I'm embarrassed to say I never picked up a constitution until I was 46 years old. And that is embarrassing for somebody that was born in America and was never shown it in school. And that just shows how badly we've been taken advantage of. But what I found is, is that I believe that actually our constitution is not legit. And this goes back to the Articles of Confederation. So that brings us back to 1774. And I can go on talking about this for a good hour. Yeah. So I'm hoping you're talking about. Yeah, this is a common topic. So, um, yeah, are you asking for my email address? Is Trenis, T R E N I S S, at condemnedusa.com. I've heard. A lot of what what you're, you know, relate um, what what you're talking about. Corporation of America through the banking system and yeah. what's legitimate, and not legitimate. And I understand where you're coming. I, I I'm pretty sure I understand where you're coming from. I'm familiar with that. Um, it's a topic that we talk about a lot on uh, Jim Price's show. He he, uh, the Jim Price show. We Jim and I just covered this twice over recently. I talked about, we had this conversation, Randy, um, honest, uh, 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 Abe, uncensored Abe as another one. He and I went over this and talked about it a little bit. Um, it's, it's, it's a hot topic. I mean, there's some reality to what's being said there and what your questions probably are related to that. You know, it's also talks about, you know, you're talking about some of the stuff you can do being a sovereign citizen, um, you know, there's there's a lot to all of that to unpack. And like you said, it's a better conversation to get started in through an email. And I'd be happy to one on one with you and talk about that. I'm not um, the predominant expert, but, you know, you have people out there like constitutional sheriffs and some other groups that are uh, well aware of these things and talk about them in, in great detail. And they know it uh, by heart. So. Um, but I'm like you. I mean, hey, look, I don't know my constitution back and forth, you know, thoroughly. Um, but I know one thing's for sure. I understand my Bill of Rights, and I understand uh, what's said in the Constitution. And I've certainly spent a lot more time on it in the last year, familiarizing myself and understanding it. 
And the, the great misfortune for many of us is, is that we all took it for granted because we thought, you know, this great place of America, land of the free, home of the brave. Um, like I said, there's, I write a lot about that on Condemned USA. Some of the stuff that I call ramblings in there is one of the sections that um, I kind of go off on some of these topics. And it's um, how I feel about these things. And I think it's you'll find it interesting. But uh, I would love to get going and email with you. And um, I don't know. The takeaway from this is listen to people like the Jeremy Browns. Listen to there. And if you don't go and stand up, and I said, I've said, you know what? Here's my excuse for America. I'm going to cut America a break. The reason that they haven't stood up, the reason nothing's happened, is because it's going to be the grand finale. It's going to be the greatest show of all, and the free people standing up for under their constitution. Um, and that's that's what my hope is. Is that you know that's where it has to be. I mean, without that, we're lost. That's that is your charter for freedom. And if without that, you know. Um, <laughs> they're just getting started. And I say, you, you know, I think this, if you don't, you think you're going to elect your way out of stolen elections without standing up and saying something and making it known that you, the people do um, for knowing, know and understand your right to assemble, you're making a great mistake. And it's a grave error for you, your children, for your grandchildren, anyone's future that you give a darn about. So. And I want to encourage everybody that's on here now and everybody that's going to be watching this recording, like they're telling you, if you don't want to shut up, if you don't want to sit down, if you don't want to stay home, if you don't want to take it, go to your state capitol on March the 20th in a peaceful, legal, lawful assembly, take your flags, take your Bible and pray. Just be there. You don't have to leave it any certain time. That's your right to be there. And, and let's go. Let's do this. Let's back these guys. Don't back us. Back your country. Back yourself. Back your children. You know, that's who you're backing. You're backing your own future. And I, I thank you so much, Tina, for that. That just, the, you know, I just got to lead in people. It's like, don't go for me. Go for yourself. Go for your kids. Go for your neighbor. Go for your nieces, your aunts, your uncles, your family. How about the blood of the American people that was spilled to save and preserve this country and set fight for this constitution time and time again and freedom around the world? What about all that? You know, did it mean Absolutely. something to you when you stood up and said your national anthem? Did it mean something or spoke you sang your national anthem? Did it mean something to you when you said that pledge of allegiance? You know, read those words, grasp it carefully, you know, take a deep look into that and a deep dive and get real with it because you know, if, you, if, if not, you, it's not going to be there for you. They, you know, there's so much more we can get into the George, you know, some of the things that, you know, the universities and the funding and the grants and what they're doing to undermine and get rid of, you know, um, you're talking about, you know, Biden coming on TV and saying none of the things in the, the Constitution is not an absolute. What the hell are you talking about? You know, um, and he thinks that, you know, they want people to fight. You know, he's saying, well, you don't have F-14s, you don't have this. Well, we don't need that. We don't need any of those things. You know, we need tens of millions of Americans to go and stand up and say, hey, you know, the old, the 60s had it right. Sit-ins, the hell knows we won't go. Peaceful, patriotic assembly is where it's at. And that's all that needs to be done and nothing more. And it's all over. All this crap comes to an end we get down to the reality of they will respect our constitutional freedoms and rights. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, 
we just appreciate so much you guys coming tonight. This has been amazing. And it was really great to have Jeremy Brown on here as well. And if you guys have any closing remarks that you'd like to say, um, wow, this was really awesome. And I'm sorry, a lot more people weren't on tonight since we rescheduled and, but we will have a lot of people always watch their recordings. So there's still going to be a lot more people hearing your call. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I'd like to finish up saying is just kind of touching on one of the last subject matters about the Constitution being lawful or, or legal or whatever. The one thing I can say is I, I am an Air Force veteran. I took an oath to that Constitution. And that oath is the same oath that every every single military person from the beginning of our of our country to this very day has taken an oath to. And the one thing I will say is, you know, it, it's bad enough when the progressive leftists of the world are trying to put question marks over everything and whether something legitimate or not. You know, it, it's bad. It's bad enough when that happens. Then for our own own people on our own side, you know, really supposed to be, you know, fighting for this country is basically doing the same thing. So, I mean, the one thing I will say is I've looked into a lot of what's been said supposedly. Uh, you know, there is a document that was put together by the 13 and endorsed by the 13 colonies, a according to them, when they went to replace that, which was supposed to have been unanimous, all but one colony um, ratified it. The one colony was something along the lines of Rhode Island, I believe, that did not ratify the Constitution. In my mind, utter, complete horseshit. It's only meant to divide us. We need to we need to focus and come around the Constitution that has been nationally recognized um, throughout our country's history, I mean, even through the Civil War, if our Constitution was not was 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 considered really with any legitimacy to be considered null and void, it would have happened at the Civil War. But um, I mean, the other thing I would say is because this conversation is really focused on the J Sixers and, and our political prisoners. Over half of the, those indefinitely detained at some point in time served in our military. We have Purple Heart recipients indefinitely detained. It's a, such a disgrace when there's individuals that have gone out, like Jeremy Brown, served his entire career sacrificing for our country, fighting for our country, only to have that very country treat him today as they're treating him. This is what we need to look at. This is what we need to share amongst our, our friends, our communities. When when our own nation does this kind of thing, you know, we, we it really it really to to stand in the fight. And so, you know, having said that, I would invite everybody to go to our website, Americans for Justice. Um, that that is a the number four justice.org um, I invite you all to go out there and we're always looking for volunteers if you volunteer please submit a, a contact us in there um, donate if you like what we do you know, support us there um, you'll find a lot of resources there and how to support Jason. and all the information related to the great American assembly can be found there as well thank you so much everybody thank you for having me on Thank you for everything. Keep fighting. We have a, we have a country. To
Amen. Thank you, guys. I'd like to thank you so much for being a part of this. And uh, please share this with your friends and families. Please get it out there. Uh, You know, this can't be something that's shut down. This has to be something that says this is, you know, um, kind of today's last stand, I think, uh, for the Constitution. If you don't make this stand, then, you know, they're just going to keep stripping it. So that is the reality. Um, we'll share the information on our wall um, tonight or tomorrow, and we'll just keep sharing it until March the 20th and after. And um, we thank you so much. Back to you, Mike. Trinus, can, can you mute your... I'm on mute. Hey, Mike, Tina, I want to say something. you want to just... Okay. Yeah. Can I say something really quickly? I wasn't going to talk tonight, but you guys, thanks so much for coming on. And I'm excited. Um, I'm one of the admin on here. My husband's a retired Marine and he has said repeatedly, he's like, I've never been more embarrassed to be an American in my life. And both of our families are Biden supporters and we're like, good God, what the hell is going on in this world? But anyway, what I want to say is I'm so excited for March 20th. Like I've been just honestly pissed for the past year we have no leadership at all on this side and no coordinated efforts and you know just I don't have a voice I don't have the time there have been too many battles and um I think to go and take a stand at our capitals is amazing to rise up in that way it's doable um it looks like it's on a Sunday I'll be pulling my kids out of soccer, you know, they're clueless in the world. I was hoping it was a school day to take a stand and pull them out of school and educate them because they have no clue what's going on. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And I told my husband the other day, I said, if the truckers come through here, they have to see this because they have no idea. They have no idea. You know, we keep telling them they're a part of history and they just don't get it until they see it. So get your information over to us. I'll be a huge supporter in trying to get that, you know, flyers or whatever all over my community in Jacksonville, North Carolina, which is Camp Lejeune. Um, But I'm super excited. You guys, thank you for coordinating something this big and praying for God to move mountains. So thank you. Do you guys have a last question from area 51? Do you have time? Yeah. Hi. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, the subject constitution. You know, I'm an immigrant to this country, and I'm a restaurant owner as well, especially in Los Angeles area. It's very tough to be a restaurant owner at this time. Yeah. Well, what I did is I went into that constitution. I started reading the whole thing. I started reading all the Bill of Rights, all that. I started reading it and memorizing it in my head. And I'm telling you guys, look, I'm not American. I was not born here, but I love this country to death, okay? Like, the flag gives me goosebumps, okay? I love it. When I went inside of the Constitution, when I read it, so it gave me all the points that I needed to keep my business open. Yeah. And when the health department came, I said, hey, this is a constitutional business. There is a sign under this article and this article you are not allowed to walk in. You are trespassing the property. But we are from the health department. I said, okay, so what? You have to get an appointment. Did you get it? No. I said, okay, then you are not welcome here. So that's what I'm trying to tell people. Like, listen to me. 
I'm an immigrant to this country. We need to wake up. We need to start teaching. The... Look, my kids are four or five. The first book I bought them, I said, yeah, this is the Constitution. This is the Bill of Rights. You need to read this. We start reading this. They need to read this. We need to bring this back to our... We have to go back, years and years back. This is very important, guys. Otherwise, we're going to lose the country. We, that, that's a very important point that you guys made. This is very, very important for us at these tough times. Yes, sir. And that's why I was never shut down. They never, they never came, bothered me. For nine months, the health department did not show up here. And then she showed up again. And I said, hey, how are you? You don't have an appointment. Oh, I just want to do a general checkup. I said, what's your general checkup? She said, I said, you worried about six feet people sitting or whatever rules you guys do over there or wearing a mask. My employee is wearing a mask. She said, no, just checking your fridges and make sure everything is clean. I said, that's your job. Just do that. Get out. You have nothing else to do. You, you cannot tell me into my business. Oh, you know what? Your workers have to wear this. That's not of your business. I said, did you guys go into the strip club and make sure that they are wearing masks? No, you didn't. But you let them be open during the pandemic. I said, do your job and get the hell out of here. And that's it. From that day on, they never touched me. They never did anything to me. That's what I'm saying. And I want to just appreciate it and thank you guys and God bless you guys. You know, I, one of the things that I would actually talk about there is uh, here, here in New York City, we're on the kind of a project for a lot of this stuff. And one of the things that we, we've done um, through CAP, um, Citizens Against Political Persecution, uh, if you want to go to that website, check it out at citizensapp.us. Um, we, we actually had rallies and have staged sit-ins, um, covered those sit-ins, um, set up legal defense funds for those sit-ins. Um, I, I actually participated in a sit-in on New Year's Eve in Times Square. Um, we had a group of 20 to 30 individuals that went to um, um, and and fortunately, fortunately we, 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 we had a vaccine or not. But one of the things that happened is, you know, we've drawn a lot of attention to um, the vaccine mandates here in New York. New York. Um, and, and what I would encourage is, you know, go out into your local community. You know, peaceful, 100% peaceful disobedience. And use that to draw attention and gather people, galvanize people around you. I mean, there are things that can be done. And, you know, if right now the J6s are the ones that are being aggressively targeted as terrorists and all this other crap, um, there's nothing to prevent the government from coming after us. Christians right now are being persecuted. Military veterans right now are being persecuted. Um, They're coming after anybody that threatens their power. Um, so, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for, for that testimony. And absolutely, we need to fight each and every day. Well, I'd like to, I'd like to throw something at Area 51 and tell you that 
the Constitution was made for all free people here in the United States that wanted to come here and be a part of this and become a part of America. So as far as I'm concerned, you're as much an American as any single person in this call or anyone in this you know, in these borders or outside that believes in that. So uh, that's and that's what it was about. It was about everybody. It was about everybody having this opportunity, all Americans to come here, have a right to immigrate here, be a part of it. I mean, let's face it, very few of us are American Indians, so we didn't start out here. This isn't our native country. We ended up here one way or another. Uh, the reality of that situation is you understand this, and it's funny. We often talk to so many people that are immigrants out at these different events traveling around the country. One of the things that I'm sure Randy would attest to this is that it's usually more people that come from third world communist dictator autocracies, whatever they are, the system of government they come from. That's not this system of government, which is unique in its own. Uh, it they seem to have a hold in higher regard or respect more because they've lived under those other systems where you know communism, socialism, these other ideas start sounding kind of good to some of these people. You know, some of the lazy Americans that don't want to do things or don't want to work for it or whatever it is. But, I mean, you came here, you had American Dream, you did this thing, you got a restaurant now, it's your business, it's your livelihood, and you understand and respect that. And for that, then the Constitution meant so much to you. And this is what I think is, it's it's just so obvious to me after talking to so many people, how many people that come from, like I said, these other countries, other worlds, these other organizations or uh, or uh, systems of government and they come here and they have the greatest respect for the world and the thirst and the love for the constitution that somehow eludes some of the people here in this country that were born and raised here because they've seen they don't understand what it might be like to be from where someone else came from so again thank you and i appreciate you as an american and uh you know as far as i'm concerned you're my american brother man and uh I hope you, you know, you guys will do a great job out there in, uh, I believe, Sacramento, I'm sure. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. I appreciate this chat. I'm always on. And, uh, you know, we have to stick together. We have to help each other. This is a tough time for everybody. And yes, I understand sir. that. We Americans, we are from the nature on warriors. Don't forget that. We are fighters from nature. Okay, because, because God gives us the right. We are God's children. I agree with that 100%. We have to stick together, help each other, and assemble together peacefully. If they don't like it, I don't care. I have the right to assemble peacefully. It's so not their right. And Nobody can amen. tell you to yes, not do it. Do. Okay, that's how it is. You step up, stop. Like I see it. I see it in LA people. They're wearing masks, driving the car. I pull up the window every day. I said, hey, how you doing, ma'am? Good, how are you? I said, God bless you, but your mask is not working in the car. I tell them every day, anybody. I see two years old playing on the play playground with my kid. I said, you see what my kid is wearing? He's like, yes. I said, my kid is free. He's American. He's free. Your kid is not. So yeah. they, ha you have to wake them up. It, it doesn't matter. Say it. Bring yeah. the people back together. It's yeah. very it's important. Guys. 
Yeah, control through fear. Exactly, fear controls. They're scared because the TV pumped in, pumped in, pumped in. Their their brains are washed. They're hypnotized. Propaganda. And, Everything yes. on the TV. Propaganda, you know, and that's God one of the sad realities. I talk about this a lot, and you know, one of the speeches I gave recently, not too long ago, was that you know, the sad reality, the difference between people here in the United States and people in third world country. In a third world country, they know that, that what they comes over the TV and from the mainstream media or their news outlets there is propaganda. And here in America, we have not picked up on it yet. We're still believing that there's reality here in what they say. We do thank you guys for being on tonight. We're gonna let you go. I'm sure that um, yeah. you have other things to get to. Yes, I do. Thank but you. we also uh, want to invite you back to. We have chats going on off and on through the day, pretty much every day yep. on our channel. So you, you guys are welcome anytime to just pop thank on you. and give us some more of wisdom so thank you so much for being on here um i'll get a flyer out with all the information and websites and places to donate and we thank you guys so much and we just appreciate you for all that you're doing thanks again tina you guys have a great one god bless america and amen let's do this god bless america let's do yes, it yes god bless america thank yes. you guys Good night. Thank you. Hey, Tina, are you able to stop the recording? Let me see. Hang on. Oh, shit. The option isn't coming up for me. It's not for me either. Um, I guess we could.